watch this. Just see that chemical pop out of the creek. This is disgusting. Welcome back to Headline News with Resistance Chicks. We're your hosts, Leah and Michelle. It has been quite a week of things going on in East Palestine, Ohio, which we're from Ohio, and we've been covering this story all week. We're going to bring you kind of some latest updates there, but we do have a good news story. There's a revival breaking out. It's been going for like nine or ten days in Asbury, um, Kentucky at the university there. So that's kind of the good news story. And then we, what else do we have in between those? The really, really bad and the really, really good. You know, um, Joe Biden bombed the Nord Stream pipeline, and we're going to discuss why he would have done that. Uh, and we have a clip for you from Matt Walsh taking on uh, Dylan Mulvaney, the uh, trans activist, the uh, boy girl yeah. going around with the heels and uh, running through the wilderness of the woods acting like a girl. And uh, so, yeah. That and so much more coming up right after these messages. You're not going to want to miss today's show because it's going to be a wild ride. Stay tuned. What's up? Okay, guys. So it has been a wild, wild few days. Wild. Last night we had on our show. Jeff Louderback, yes. an Epoch Times reporter who has been in East Palestine for three days. Now, he's been taking all the precautions. He said he's not a mask wearer from COVID, but he certainly was going to wear the mask. Yeah, he, he had a respirator <laughs> right up there when he was taking pictures yeah. of the wreckage, which is what a mask is for. Exactly. Standing drywall, you know, all Painting of Painting cars. Yeah, mm -hmm. we've been talking about this all week. I would wear a mask in those instances. I would wear a mask if I was in East Palestine. I actually wouldn't be in East Palestine. I would be leaving. Uh, now, for those of you that don't know, Leah and I live in Ohio. So we have, this story hits really close to home, even though we're four and a half hours apart, mostly because we care about our fellow Ohioans and mostly because our governor, Mike DeWine, has dropped the ball on this. No, 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 no. He scored for the other team. Thank he you. took the ball and he blew it up. <laughs> yes. And, and, the people of East Palestine have had like next to zero help. Norfolk Southern has given out $1,000 inconvenience checks to help these people. This is one of the poorest kind of communities that represents Ohio yeah. or even the nation. The median income is $45,000. They yeah. don't have a lot of money. One lady, uh, and I was watching Tucker, Tucker Carlson last night, she said that, they're told to drink bottled water, but she doesn't have a car. So she's walking to the store carrying bottled water home to her children. With, with her kids. With her kids. A nine and a five-year-old and, and a case of water. we told whether we can bathe in it. Now, Mike DeWine did come out to, and say, if you have well water, 
uh, drink the bottled water, but if you're on municipal water, you're fine. They've tested it. How I don't trust, trust their tests. I don't trust their tests at all. And these, if you want to get an independent test, fifteen to fifty thousand dollars. These people don't have that kind of money. You're just you're just told to trust trust the science. Yeah, a lady who owns a dog kennel. She had out some people to test their water, and they were actually with the FDA, but they were also with the railroad company. Mm. And the railroad company told them that this was a completely independent company. And when she asked the company, oh, you're independent from Norfolk Southern, right? Like this isn't your, well, not really. We're pretty much kind of part so of that. If them. you want to have your water tested for free, it's going to be by the train company. Exactly. The train company. Now, um, Leah, do you mind if I go off script here really quick and read what our friend Catherine said should happen? Now, sure. she's an incredibly smart young lady. She should have been a lawyer. She sends this to me after watching our show from yesterday. This is what is supposed to happen in this kind of situation. One, in an area where there's so much contam contamination that the government says you could die, which remember, um, Mike DeWine did say during the burning, the railroad should be forced to offer to buy everyone's property at the valuation listed on their real estate taxes that were mailed out in January prior to the disaster Two, The next layer out should be forced uh, to pay half of the property valuation listed on the real estate taxes prior to the disaster to finance people either A, moving if they want to, or B, getting air filters, water filters, medical care, etc. Three, the railroad should also be forced to provide free bottled water to the residents for at least the next two years and beyond that, as long as it takes for the groundwater to test clear by EPA standards. Four, they should be required to remediate the soil. That's huge. Five, they should be required to pay for any and all medical care related to the spill for the rest of the lifetime of the residents. Six, they should be forced to come up with a contingency plan for making sure this can never happen never. anywhere else again. Um, and she says, yes. These would be ridiculously expensive for the railroad, but that's the point. The point is that if you don't want to pay out that kind of money, you're going to have to figure out how to make sure that kind of thing doesn't happen. That is so good. I stood up and cheered. She's absolutely correct. Here's the thing. You know, I have a neighbor whose daughter was hit by a drunk driver and they had a huge settlement for one child for the rest of for her the life. rest of her life. Now, if you are going to do what is the equivalent of ram somebody with your car, you have to pay for that for the rest of your life. And I was thinking about this. Don't they have to have insurance? You know, we have to have insurance on our house. We have to have insurance on our car. And we're responsible. We have to have liability. Do these railroad companies not have to have liability insurance? So if one of their hazardous materials actually leaks and causes damage, do they not have to pay? Yes, they do. And we as we aren't going to let this story go because these people, regardless of what God's going to do, because I know God's going to heal it. These people have to be held accountable for what they have already done. Come on. and preach. OK, now, if you have been living under a rock, maybe you get your news from resistance chicks once a week on Bridie on. Praise God for that. And you know what? That's fantastic. That's good. I got a clip for you to get you up to speed. Let's go ahead and roll it. Of train derailed Friday, 20 of them carrying hazardous materials as flames lit up the sky in northeastern Ohio. The evacuation order is in place for anyone within a mile radius of the crash site. These aren't these aren't storm clouds.
Officials are claiming that the air and water are safe. The residents say they can still smell chlorine. They've complained about their eyes watering when they go outside. And one woman says the noxious air killed her chickens. Out of nowhere, he just started coughing really hard and just shut down and went very fast. This is within 10 miles of East Palestine. Once again, would you move as I'm going to throw another rock right here? Would you stay here? Would you drink that water? Would you be affiliated with this? Would you bathe your kids when it's bubbling up and looking like an oil slick? Wow. Look at all that. Look at it. It's all in the bottom of the creek bed. Hey guys, so I'm here at Leslie Run and there's dead worms and dead fish all throughout this water. So, something I just discovered is that if you scrape the creek bed, it's like chemical is coming out of the ground. Can, can, you, show, can you come here and, and let me just show this to people. I don't know if you're going to see this on the camera, but watch this. Just see that chemical pop out of the creek. This is disgusting. And the fact that we have not cleaned up the, the, the train crash, the fact that these chemicals are still seeping in the ground is an insult to the people who live in East Palestine. Do not forget these people. We've got to keep applying pressure. That's how we're going to fix this problem. Thank you. Would you like the EPA administrator to drink the tap water? <laughs> um, you know, it reminds me of that scene in Aaron Brockovich where she puts the, the water in front of them and says, if you think it's clean, we brought this water from, uh, you know, the, the, the community that was affected. Uh, look, I, I think that if the EPA administrator wants to stand here and tell people that the tap water is safe, by all means, uh, they should be willing to drink it. Uh, look, rail safety is something that, uh, uh, that has evolved a lot over the years, but there's clearly more that needs to be done because uh, while this uh, horrible situation ha has gotten a particularly high amount of attention, there are roughly 1,000 cases a year of a train derailing. I, I, I Can I? Go ahead. This man, it reminds me of Hunger Games, where these are the people in the big city, and hey, there's just the people in the other district, and who cares if they die off? The train derailments happen all the time. I understand that this is kind of, you know, a little bit more abnormal. He didn't say, I understand this is a really big deal. No. He said, I understand that this is getting more attention. I could punch that man in the face, and I'm sorry I said that on Brideon, but I could. He's got a very punchable face, okay? This is infuriating. Now, one thing that I do want to say, and I'm going to defer you guys to go and watch the show that we did last night with um, the reporter from the Epoch Times, Jeff Lauterbeck. We did a two-hour show, uh, nearly two hours. It was, it's absolutely right there. It is on the website, resistancechicks.com, East Palestine, Ohio update, okay? Guys, all the details are there. But before we move any further, before we get in any deeper into this, there is one thing that I need you guys as at least Resistance Chicks viewers to understand where we're coming from. If it's a false flag, it's a false flag in the sense that they planned it. It is not, and let me repeat one more time, 
It is not a false flag in the sense that it didn't happen. And this spill has not affected the residents there. Okay. We are not, I'm, I'll fight you on that. Okay. We, have, if everything is a conspiracy theory, then nothing is. We have got to pray for the residents of East Palestine. And who does it benefit? For us to believe that it's not really happening. The railroad company. Thank you. Joe Biden. Thank you. Because Pete Buttigieg and the Biden administration are saying, oh, that's no big deal. It's no big deal. Why yes, in the world would you go grab. along? Yes. Why in the world would you go along with those people? Pete Buttigieg literally went up there and said, you know what? We have a thousand train derailments every year. And you know what? He's supposed to be the transportation secretary. You know, he took a month off because he bought a baby. He literally had a woman impregnated. He's a gay guy. And then he and his person take off a month for maternity leave. Okay. He is a wall. He has left the building. He was never in the building. Mr. You know, bunny ears here doesn't know a bicycle from a train track. Okay. And for this them to come and say, it's no big deal reminds me. And I've got a clip for, for you later, not in this segment, but in our seconds in our, uh, our show off of Brighton about Obama when he went to Flint, Michigan, and he tried to convince the people in Flint, Michigan to drink the water. So he asked them to go get him a glass of water. Okay. Like it's no big deal. And people in Flint, Michigan were like, we have lead in our pipes. You're poisoning us. And he's like, no, I'm fine. You're fine. Just drink it. You know what Obama said? He said, you know, when I was a kid, I know that I must have uh, touched lead paint and ate some. I'm fine. He literally said that. This is this is that on like on a scale beyond what you can imagine. But there are people to be held responsible, and that's what this is. That's what we we want to hold people responsible. We want to make sure these people are taken care of. They are our fellow Americans, whether they are black, red, purple, or green, which they might turn to green. Um, the, <laughs> wow. The the, the the cricks are turning green. Yeah. And and uh turning away from green, actually, that yellowy green, neon green. The governors, both Mike DeWine, who is literally like four foot ten. You keep, you shrink his size every time he you say it. Yesterday it was five man, foot two. Okay. He's a sniveling munchkin man. Okay. And Andy Bashir from Pennsylvania signed off on poisoning an entire town. And I want to roll this uh, clip here. Officials on the scene, meanwhile, declared the burn, quote, perfect. Mike DeWine, the governor of Ohio, agreed with all of this. The people in charge, the railroad's engineers, and the state officials overseeing them had everything under control. So two days later, evacuation orders for residents were officially lifted, both in East Palestine and over the border in Pennsylvania. That was last week. In the subsequent days, a lot of people have wondered out loud, was it really a wise decision to light thousands of gallons of vinyl chloride on fire, releasing a World War I-era bioweapon into the air over a populated area. Was that a good call? And was it really safe two days later for people to go back to their homes? And if it was safe, how do we know that? Is anyone in charge actually monitoring with any accuracy the level of deadly chemicals in the air, ground, and water in and around East Palestine? Well, no, apparently nobody is. And that's highly upsetting when you think about it. Talk about a failure at all levels. The first duty of government is to protect its citizens. So it's bad. And it's very bad news for reckless politicians like Josh Shapiro and Mike DeWine, who may have helped make this disaster much worse. So tonight, both DeWine and Shapiro are desperately trying to revise their previous statements about the so-called controlled burn. Both have now decided that the toxic mushroom cloud over East Palestine 
the one they signed off on and endorsed on television was actually a bad thing. It didn't go as planned. It wasn't perfect. And both governors have now identified the villain here, not as themselves. No, of course not. But as the railroad, Norfolk Southern, both are considering lawsuits against the company. In an act of amazingly brazen butt covering, Josh Shapiro even wrote a letter to the White House and the Transportation Department claiming that Norfolk Southern was, quote, unwilling to explore or articulate alternative courses of action to their proposed vent and burn. It was very obvious, he says, that there was probably a, quote, safer all overall approach for first responders, residents and the environment. That was very obvious. He just never said anything about it. It's remarkable. And for the record, we are not defending Norfolk Southern here. We're only pointing out that Norfolk Southern had the strong endorsement of Josh Shapiro and Mike DeWine when it set those chemicals on fire and caused the mushroom cloud. And by the way, the Biden administration endorsed it, too. According to Pete Buttigieg, Biden officials were on the scene. Yet somehow they never said a word about the mushroom cloud until pictures of it evoked outrage on social media. And of course they didn't. They didn't even notice. It had nothing to do with equity or climate change. East Palestine is a poor white town that voted for Trump. So honestly, who cares? No one in the Biden administration did care. And that's an atrocity. The people whose indifference made it possible should lose their jobs, beginning with Pete Buttigieg and extending to governors Josh Shapiro and Mike DeWine. They didn't care and they got caught not caring. You know, I've been told that there really wasn't another way for them to handle this. That I don't believe. Mm. I don't believe that for a second. And even if it was true, if that really is true, that there was no other way in that moment to handle this, then you should not be traveling these cars of these toxic chemicals on trains like this. If I'm you don't have a contingency plan for that, this. Okay, if there's no, con if, let's just put this in perspective one more time. A thousand of these trains derail every year, which is three or four a day. If you don't have a contingency plan for Hiroshima bomb explosions, then you should not be putting them on the railways. You don't get to, to travel around with what, like basically a nuclear type weapon, okay, that could go off. Thank God that when these other ones uh, derail, they don't leak or or maybe they do and we just don't hear about them because there was one in michigan and they said don't worry we only have one hazardous train car and it's not leaking oh really okay great how are you gonna get it up okay these tracks they are unstable if you have they are not well maintained if you have the science to accomplish something like making pvc but you don't have the science to clean it up if it spills then you don't have the science to do it to begin with. Bingo. Uh, one union of rail workers has questioned declining maintenance standards uh, following the February 3rd Norfolk Southern derailment in East Palestine, Ohio. Um, the, uh, uh, the, uh, the rail car that initiated the derailment had an overheated wheel bearing. The NTSB, the National Transportation Safety Board is still investigating the cause of the derailment and will publish a preliminary report in two weeks. Wayside hotbox detectors, also called hotboxes, are typically placed every 25 miles along a railroad. 
According to the Federal Railroad Administration, their use has contributed to a 59 percent de decrease in train accidents caused by axle and bearing related factors since 1990. You can think about that. You've got your car, you're driving your car and you can feel it. That that conductor can't hear feel. He's got like how yeah. many cars, <laughs> you know, that he's pulling, you know, behind him. So these these hot boxes are supposed to detect if you got some some things going on. Declining head counts have led to these me uh, mechanisms receiving less preventative maintenance. The FRA has no regulations requiring the use or maintenance of these hot boxes. A hot box in East Palestine notified the crew members before the train did derail. It's unclear if any hot box prior to East Palestine notified the crews. A surveillance video showed on Facebook from an industrial facility in Salem, Ohio, about 20 miles from East Palestine, shows the train's ax axle was already on fire, which poses the, the question, it was probably on fire, that hot box probably didn't detect it. Now, this gets more nefarious the deeper you go. Because just this year, actually, I don't know if it was in 2023 or in 2022, rail workers have been overworked and underpaid. Some of these guys don't know. You don't know this. They have to come in and on call. They're not getting sick days. Wow. They're not getting time yeah. with their families. A lot of them are working seven days a week. Some of them are working seven days a week. They are burnt out. The, the rail crews are burnt out because the the uh, railroad companies are are nickeling and diming the railroad workers right. while taking in billions of profit. Why are they taking in extra profit? Because the trucking industry has had a lot of ups and downs thanks to COVID. Yeah. So we're looking at now we're transporting even more by railway and the railways are not being kept up. We played a video last night that was absolutely mind-blowing that the, in, the, uh, the rail Railroad, um, not the ties, but what they said on the, the railroad, the the square of things. The ties are actually, I think, the 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 metal part. The the wood the underneath them lines, were, were yeah. completely disintegrated, yeah. right? And and so it was all bumpy. It was absolutely ridiculous. But Joe Biden and our Congress, it's, so I guess it was before January, it's a Democrat Congress. Okay, the rail workers and the unions were holding out. Okay, we're holding out for a few changes, just a few changes, just a little bit extra money, just a little extra time sleeping, a little like one more day off or something crazy like that. No, you must work. And the Biden administration gets in there and stops the unions from getting these concessions because it is a federal thing to keep these railways open. Wow. That's why I'm angry. That's why I'm upset. Speaking of keeping them open, though, remember, they told these residents that they could go back in, I think, three days after this controlled burn. Yeah. Why? Because Norfolk Southern needs to run trains through that town. They couldn't do it if there was still a ban. And then to top it all off, to throw salt or vinyl chloride in the wound, FEMA has denied any request for assistance because it wasn't a natural disaster. So if there was ever a time for a FEMA camp where people need to go and say somewhere, I got an email from a from a lady who's just said this was so sweet. She's 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 on oxygen, but she's got a two bedroom home, and she said I could take an older couple and they can come stay with me in Arkansas until it's all cleared up. Come on, man. And the government's not helping people. I, I want to see Joe Biden open up the White House. And he can transfer <laughs> illegals all over the country, but we can't put these people on an airplane and send them to Texas or somewhere. Just send them to the, in the Indiana in a hotel. We can put up illegal migrants, but we can't put up these people in a hotel somewhere? No, but Leah, they've been given these $1,000 checks from the railway station uh -huh. for the, for the uh, 
inconvenience of it all. All right. So speaking of inconvenience, I understand we got to take a little break here. It's part of, you know, supporting TV. When we come back on the other side, we're going to tell you that we have an answer and a solution for how to fix this. And I'm telling you what, your mind is going to be blown when I tell you this next story coming up right after these messages. So for the past couple of days, God's been telling me to read about the story in the Bible where the water gets cleared. And I've read this story probably about 25 toxic water. About 25 times in my life. And for some reason, I couldn't remember who the characters were, who was the, you know, whatever. So I, I was like, I really need to read that story today. I literally opened up my Bible like this, like in one fell swoop, boom, to the exact story that I was looking for. And it's Elijah gets taken up in the chariot of fire. Elisha picks up the mantle and then he proceeds to go into Jericho where he's told that everything's fine with the town except for one thing. The water is is completely toxic it's killing people and the land is barren because the water is toxic and killing people now he takes a little bit of salt puts it in a brand new bowl goes to the head of the mouth of the wherever the water is coming from puts the salt in there bada bing bada boom it heals the land and it heals the water now i was telling this to our web guy jay on the phone earlier today and he's like so what did the salt i said no 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 no, no. it wasn't the salt it was a miracle. The salt was just a representation. You know, like Jesus is the salt of the earth. It was just a representation. But I was shocked at the fact that God yeah. sent me directly just with one opening to the story that he had been telling me for two days. Like, I'm going to make it real easy on you, Michelle. I've been trying to tell you to read this story. Okay? So I read that story. Now, that's coming on the heels mm -hmm. of the fact that two days ago, not last night, but the night before, in the middle of the night, God said, we have to pray for East Palestine, we gotta to gather together. So Governor Mike DeWine has completely dropped the ball, won't declare a state of emergency because then he would have to admit that the controlled burn, burning created an emergency situation, okay? Can't get any aid from FEMA, can barely get anything out of the federal government. They're not making out to be, so, so Mike DeWine dead in the water. There's a man, Pastor Neil Peterson, in Dayton, Ohio, who ran for governor here in Ohio against DeWine, but didn't get to be put on the ballot because of some major shenanigans. And y'all know about that. They wouldn't accept his signatures to get on the ballot, which we helped get, by the way, 5,000 of them. They told him that there wasn't enough. Pastor Neil Peterson has come out and he's doing what a governor should do. He's declaring a state of an emergency and he's calling for a statewide and national, if you'll participate, day of prayer and fasting. And he has opened up his church 24-7 as a result of the Asbury revival. But since it's open, we're going to take advantage of that. And tomorrow night, we're going to be, and if the producers could pull up this flyer that says Pray for Ohio, we're going to be in Dayton, Ohio at Harvest Revival Center. And we are going to pray that that scripture that I just got while I was reading my Bible about cleaning the water and cleaning the land, and it, what it says is that the land was restored and the water was clean and no one died. So I want you guys to join with us. Get yes. in your car. If you've been excited about the Asbury yes. Revival, if you are excited about yes. seeing God do a miracle, join with us at Harvest Revival Center tomorrow night at 6 p.m. You can even come during the day. People are going to start coming in the morning. I want you guys to plan to get in your car and come and join us. We are going to shake heaven and we are going to spark a revival. We're going to pray for Ohio. We're going to pray for East Palestine. We are going to pray that God reverse 
the curse that has been poured out on Eastern Ohio and spread into the rivers. It's the, the Ohio River goes so far. It, it, it covers the 10th of the uh, state's waters, right? This is a very, very, very big deal. So we want you guys to join us. I know it's last minute. Get in your car and come. Now, if you can't, you can go to harvestrevival.center and view online and join us online. You can go to their YouTube channel or their Facebook page, or even our Facebook page is gonna be streaming it live tomorrow night. But there's gonna be something very significant that happens tomorrow night at six. Amen, and we know there's a typo in governor. Yes, Just I know. Just FYI, sorry, <laughs> that would be probably me, the, the editor in chief here, uh, making sure things go out right. Okay, so yes, please join us tomorrow, yes. guys, in prayer, pr days of prayer and fasting. Our founding fathers uh, called for those all the time. The governor immediately should have called for a day of prayer and fasting, Absolutely. but he's making it out to be not a big deal, and that's why he didn't. And you know what? I don't even know if he would have called for a day of prayer and fasting if this was 9-11. You know, because these people in the government, their first thought should always be to turn to God. That's what yes. our founding fathers did, and that's what would be or should be Governor Neil Peterson, he's my governor anyway, is doing. Yeah, it's huge. All right. Uh, now let's move on to a few more things in the news this week. I wanted to share with you guys a clip. What do the elite have planned for us? Some of you think that maybe this train derailment was part of a plan, maybe a, a land grab plan. You know, in this situation, they've told the, us peasants that we should eat bugs. Oh, eat the that bugs. That we should own nothing and be happy. Well, that's just for us. The, the plan is that they live high on the hog and we live as uh, a second-class citizen. So um, Glenn Beck had on a wonderful uh, uh, investigative journalist into the elite's plan. And I wanna play this um, video clip for you. In the grand scheme of uh, where we've all been upgraded, we're all part of the internet. Upgraded, yeah, I, know. I don't think that's the intention. That's how they're selling it to people. If you look at this, for example, the British Eugenics Society, where a lot of this came, came from, you look at someone like H.G. Wells, best known as a science fiction writer, but also a avowed eugenicist. He predicted that in uh, 100 to 200 years, there would be two human races. There would be the... Um, upgraded augmented elite exactly who were intellectual right. and attractive and you yeah. know were the ones that did everything and then a dwarf-like troll-like squat underclass that eats bugs <laughs> <laughs> and uh <laughs> you know for people that have been paying attention it, it seems like you know they're selling this as as one way it's all going to be a utopia uh, utopian uh thing if we all upgrade i mean that's how it's being framed right but if you look at how these people think they don't want that they're looking at feudalism and how do you create a yep. class of slaves that cannot even cognitively rebel ever again wow they can't even cognitively rebel ever again they've lulled you into a false sense of security and you don't even have the brain power to stand up to them and how do they do that public school Okay, public school system isn't designed to teach you reading, writing, and arithmetic. It's designed to keep you a part of the system so that when the system tells you to do something, you'll do it. Um, there's an experiment called Pavlov's Dogs. Uh, you set up a bell, you ring the bell, and you put down food for the dog. And so you ring the bell. And then the dog does with the dog with the with the sound of the bell. That's the same thing that with school. You ring the bell. You ring the bell. Uh, they call things a dog whistle. Okay. So most of us are trained to do what our authorities and our betters tell us. Come on. Uh, we're told obey your teachers. Teachers are awesome. Blah 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 blah. No, they're there to brainwash you. 
and to keep you in line with the system. Exactly. Even though I know there's a lot of good teachers out there, well, homeschool your kids. Good okay. example of brainwashing is Matt Walsh taking on oh. th this incredibly uh, flamboyant Dylan Mulvaney here. Yeah. Okay. So I don't have a clip for you of Dylan. Uh, you guys should probably all know who he is. He. He is. He, he went to the White House. Okay, pretending to be a girl. He's uh, talked about going into different bathrooms and how girl bathrooms are uh, so much better than boy bathrooms. He is um, so over the top as a female. It is a caricature. It's just like the drag queen story hours. Now, some conservatives uh, and people on the right are saying that Matt Walsh taking down Dylan this way, you should you shouldn't go after people personally. You shouldn't. Um, this is just mean. And you're they not go after win. us personally. All you're the not going to win the culture wars if you um, go go this direction. No, no, no. We now I don't believe in being mean either. Now there is a difference to me between somebody who truly is broken in their brain, and you're not. You should not be mean to them. Okay. Whereas Dylan is front and center teaching kids to go cut off their body parts. Obviously, That's where you have to make them stop no matter what it looks like. You, Even if it looks like you're being mean. Have you read any of the insults in the Bible? Just yeah. saying. Yeah, all right. Let's roll this clip. Dylan, if that is the most attractive you will ever look, then I don't even want to imagine what you'll look like when you're at your ugliest. You do not pass as, a, as an attractive woman or as a woman at all. Uh, even with 50 pounds of makeup and plastic surgery and clever lighting tricks, even then you still cannot escape what you really are and what you will always be. You have successfully shed whatever parts of you were masculine, perhaps, at least on the surface. Nobody would ever describe you as masculine or manly, so you've got that going. But your femininity quotient has not increased at a rate commensurate with the loss of your masculinity. Um, you may not be masculine, but you also aren't feminine. Instead, you are you are weird and artificial. You are manufactured and lifeless. You are unearthly and eerie. You are like some kind of human deep fake. That's what you are. You are a man deprived of all the best qualities of men, but without any of the best qualities of women. Even your personality is contrived. Everything about you is fake. Nothing about you rings true. Nobody buys the act. You'll never be accepted as a woman by anyone, never by anyone. Even the people who pretend to accept you as a woman are only pretending because they're afraid of being lectured if they don't or because they want to use you as a platform to virtue signal. But everyone who looks at you will see something pitiable and bizarre, something utterly unfeminine in every way. You will never be able to actually have the identity that you're trying to appropriate, nor will you ever be able to fully escape the identity that you're fleeing. The best you can hope for is some kind of limbo, the worst of all worlds. And yet, even in that limbo state, you will still be a man. Just not one that any of us can respect or take seriously. But other than that, champ, you're doing great. <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay, so you guys probably have seen the video of him in heels, in a little halter top, and short shorts. My fifth one with day, the pigtails. being a girl. Oh, love them, love them. Okay, Ali Basucky says it's not mean to say that men make ugly women. <laughs> the dude is influencing thousands of young people to yeah. believe it's possible to be born in the wrong body, which leads to genital genital mutilation. 
That's one of the most evil things you can do. It's not going to totally someone for being mean to him. It's inciting violence. Not Matt Walsh. What Dylan is doing. It's inciting violence yeah. if it incites someone to cut off their body parts. That is inciting violence. I, I actually, I'm not a giant fan of Matt Walsh. I'm just saying there are a lot of times he says stuff that I just, just want to shake him. Um, but this was very well said. And I Matt agree with Walsh it. probably is. A jerk in person. I don't. He probably is. I don't know the other. We, we don't know, but it's probably a little bit like Crowder. On a lot of these guys, big guys, they tend to have egos. They tend to be short yeah. and snippy, and I get it. Um, but they're working hard. I'm telling you, when he went before the Tennessee, um, uh, the Senate and the House or wherever he was, he helped craft laws to keep doctors from cutting off kids' body parts. Huge. Yeah. That's I, I, I have. I, I literally else. can't. I, I can't really fault. Matt Walsh. I just may not like him. I don't fault him. I think that he is doing really good work. On this, on this, you guys, we have to be blunt. And sometimes blunt, being blunt is brutal because you're It'll saving save kids. Life. Okay. There's a whole generation of kids that think you can be polyamorous and buy this and, and all these crazies. And somebody's got to do something to stop it. And, and nobody's, you know, at least this is something. Now, something else that we need to stop and we need to expose is the fact that, did you know that remdesivir is still being used in hospitals to quote unquote treat COVID? It's, it's insane and it should never happen. So next week, Leah Michelle will be flying. Leah Michelle don't like to go anywhere. Just we, 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 we want to stay with our, at our house. It's okay? safe here. It's safe, safe here. <laughs> That's what it is. I like to travel. If I if I can grab my my mom and my uncle and all my animals and like I've done before, oh, that's, that's well, you've peaceful. never taken the pigs and chickens. I have taken two dogs to Plymouth with my uncle. Um, if I could do that, I would do. I would just live on the road. It'd all right, so, so fun. So we're headed down to Texas. to Texas to Sealy, Texas. And what are we going to do? We're going to MC a Remdesivir press conference and worship event. It's worship. actually. Um, and it's a charity as well. We're going to have Dr. Stella Emanuel, Dr. Brian Artis, Mickey Willis. A uh, pandemic. April Moss, Dr. Jancy Lindsay. April Moss was the whistleblower from CBS uh, with Project Veritas. Attorney uh, Michael Hamilton, attorney Dan Watkins, um, and Dr. Angie Farella. This is a stellar stellar uh, kind of cast of figures that well, are going to come Why are we going to do it? This is a press conference yeah. because um, do, the attorneys, Michael and Dan, are suing on behalf of three uh, families whose families uh, members were killed with Killed remdesivir. by remdesivir. Killed, murdered in the hospital. This has got to be brought to the surface. Exactly. So I've got a clip for you. One, I want you guys to know who Dr. Jancy Lindsay is. She, the, the first clip is her at the uh, round table uh, with Senator, the, uh, Senator Ron, Ron Johnson. Johnson. And the second one isn't about remdesivir, but it's about the ventilators that they put them on. Those people on the ventilators were on remdesivir. Okay. Exactly. So I'm going to roll this for you guys. Uh, these genetic vaccines, this type of platform has never been adequately studied. It was not adequately studied. There is no way that we can say at this point that they are safe nor effective. The real thing that we have to worry about right now is what are we potentially putting into the next generation? 
Since the 2000s, we've remarked on how we need to be careful that if we use gene therapies, that they are not passed on to subsequent generations. It is brought up again and again and again. There are excellent articles on it, one by Dr. Nancy King, one by Do <coughs> uh, Dr. Susan Epstein of the FDA, the recombinant uh, DNA advisory board. They both cautioned that if gene therapies got to the testes, which many do, that they could be passed on to next generations as inadvertent gene transfer. They both said, we have to study this, we must study this. It was never studied. The truth is that Dr. Corrado Spadafora brought forth that if you just incubate sperm with DNA, which, is, which can be reverse transcribed by transcriptases present, that you can pass that on extra chromosomally without even having to integrate it. That means two ways to pass these on and potentially cause harm. This has not been looked into, and it must be looked into. It is absolutely irresponsible to continue any of these shots in our reproductive age kids or younger. Anybody that could possibly pass these on without investigating this, and I am demanding now that this be investigated. People will know probably that many people were put on ventilators. And they think, well, I understand that. I've seen it uh, from Emergency Room and other dramas on the TV. You know, let me tell you, you don't put people who are conscious with an open airway on a ventilator, ne almost never. So if you turn up and you're distressed and they, they look at your breathing and your airway is open, you have not got an obstructed airway, you haven't had a head injury or a chest, open chest injury, you are still able to breathe in and out. They never, unless you're burnt, if you were suffering, yeah, let's say you come off a motorcycle and you have 15 broken limbs or you come out of a fire and you got 40% burns. They will sedate and ventilate you because your suffering is awful. But if you turn up and the thing that's wrong with you is a heart condition or, or panic or, or you're, you're coughing like hell, never would they sedate and put you on a ventilator because the act of ventilation, whilst life-saving in extremists, and it certainly is, if you've had a head injury and you're not breathing, it's life-saving. But otherwise, it's a very dangerous procedure. It's an aggressive procedure. And it's particularly aggressive in old, frail people. It blows because your lungs out? Does it, it, it goes that far? A healthy, frail person on a ventilator, even with a skilled operator who knows how to fly a patient, you know, to keep the blood gases yeah. right. And they, you, you, will, you will injure and kill a good proportion of them within a week. It's, it's a very unnatural thing to apply oh. pressure at the airway to blow your lung up. Wow. You know, so I want you guys to join us. And if you want more information on that, you can go to declaretruth.us. That's declaretruth.us or resistancechicks.com. I'm going to make sure that I've got the flyer up there. I'm not sure that it's up there right now, but I will make sure that it's up there by the end of tonight. Um, we want you guys to join us. It's literally going to be next Saturday. The, it's, it says press conference, but the public is welcome. We want you to come. It's going to be worship. It's going to be absolutely phenomenal. We've got a whole uh, slate of amazing speakers. We're really looking forward you are to not that. Gonna we have to spread truth. Dr. Artist, Stella Manuelli, I mean, well, Milky Willis, the pandemic. Resistance awesome. chicks. Oh, yeah. Declaretruth.us. We want to see you guys there. Please, please, if you are anywhere near Sealy, uh, Sealy uh, Texas. About an hour from Houston. An hour. And two hours from it, Austin. If you're anywhere around Texas. I know it's a big state. Just head It on is over. a big state. Head just on come over. on. So you've got two. The northern people can come to Ohio tomorrow. Everybody else 
the Southern people can go to Texas next Saturday. Actually, yeah, that's true. That's awesome. The resistance chicks are going everywhere, man. All right. I have some breaking news for you just real quick. Breaking news from Jack Posobiec, President Trump to visit East Palestine, Ohio. Wow. I am shocked by this. And, uh, you know, I, 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 can I tell you my first next thought? Next week to visit the area and members of the community. My first thought is this is only going to bolster the uh, East Palestine deniers because, well, Trump wouldn't go if it was dangerous. So it must have not really happened. Guys, it really happened. And our guy, the journalist, Jeff Lauterbach, went last night or mm-hmm. went three days ago. It went for, he was there for three days. You can go. That doesn't mean it didn't happen. It's, it's, it, it, come on, come on. All right. So last but not least, there's two things I got to get to you. First and foremost, Ranger buckets. There is there are new mega ranger buckets on the brighteonstore.com. Cool. Okay, so I store um grains in bulk. Yeah. I store beans in bulk. Well, Mike Adams has amaranth, which is, is like a superfood. Flaxseed, black eyed peas. And, and go and get these these giant mega buckets. And these are the kind of things that you can store. And you know what's even cooler about them? And I, I'm not even making this up because I store things like this myself. You can plant them. Exactly. You can store and you can eat them and then you can plant them. It's like edible seed. It is exactly the edible. Beans, the black eyed peas, the flax side. It's just the flax side. Amaranth, the flax is, flax, Amaranth is actually really huge. So use promo code CHICKS, save 5%, visit the Brighteon store and support Pearl Barley. You can, uh, but Pearl Barley, I will let you know you cannot plant that. It's been pearled. Exactly. All right. So beans, last but not least. We've got one more thing to hit you with, and I know we're hitting you guys with a lot of stuff boom, today. Boom, 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 baby. This coming Wednesday, we are starting our Revelation Red Pill what, what series. This? It's going to happen every single Wednesday from now until who knows. And we are going to cause you to get to to rethink everything that you thought that you knew about the end times. If you guys watch Elijah streams and you've seen Johnny Enlow's two videos lately that have gone viral. By the way, we're going to try to get him on our show. We are going to tell you, we're going to end the end times in the, uh, the doom and gloom. The kingdom of God is here. And, and you now. have all power and authority. You reign as a king and a priest. Of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end. There is no defeat that is coming towards the body of Christ. Only victory. And I'm telling you what, we are headed for a revival. We're going to hit it tomorrow night at Harvest Revival Center. You guys are going to join us every Wednesday for Revelation Red Pill Wednesdays, resistancechicks.com on earth. Come on. It is going to be amazing. We are so excited about this series. It is going to transform every everything about your faith. Done the our Revelation Red Pill. Academy. Almost everyone, 99% of them come out just relieved. Like I knew excited, this is it. I knew we went in the fire end. To, to advance the kingdom. All right. Speaking of on fire, we'll see you next Friday. It's 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We love you guys. With God Mike loves Adams. you. God bless. We'll see you. Guys, welcome back to Resistance Chicks. We're your hosts, Leah and Michelle. It's the 17th of February, and... We have some breaking news. We do have some breaking news. Are you going to go over what we just did at the end of uh, our Brighton show? I think you tell them the breaking, breaking news that Donald Trump... That's what I was getting at. You, you go ahead. You go ahead and do it. Go ahead. Okay. <laughs> Donald Trump is going to visit East Palestine, Ohio. Next week, baby. This is absolutely Biden huge. Biden didn't. The governor of Ohio went there and laughed. You know what I feel like Trump is at at this point. This is what this is what I think Trump is. I thinking. am shocked, by the way. I'm an old guy. I'm going to go where my friends are. These people like me. Not just I'm going to go where my friends are, but I'm going to make a statement. Now remember, I'm going to make a statement. Donald Trump is running for president in 2024. Don't you for one second think that this is not part of the campaign? 
It no, is. No, but, but if this happened in a black community and Trump were president, then he would have been all over making sure everybody had what they need. It, it doesn't matter does. color of skin. That, that's, it doesn't that's matter who he is, that's political affiliation. Sorry, yeah. Trump would go into, you say, I'm going to go there because these people like me. Trump would go there even if they didn't, even if it was if a were Democrat community. It would be taken care of. All of this would be taken care of. Now, for those of you that are just joining us and you're new to Resistance Chicks because of our coverage on East Palestine, I'm so glad that you're here. But one thing that you need to know about our Friday shows is that they kick off on brighteon.tv. That's literally spelled like it sounds, a brighteon.tv every Friday at 6 p.m. So there's a lot that we're not going to get to um, in the second half because we already covered it in the first half. And then when I finish this, this show that you're watching live right now, I combine them together in a full program that you can go back and watch on all of our platforms. Um, but earlier we were discussing... The, the, the travesty, tragedy, um, I don't know, someone should go to jail and, and die. What do you even call that? Electric For chair. Electric chair tragedy of what is going on. And I say is going on in East Palestine. These people don't have any answers. They don't have any help. There are no solutions and being offered. only questions. And I also said in the earlier part of, of the show when we were live on Brideon, and I, and I want to preface tonight's show this way as well, because I want you guys to know our stance on this. 100% unequivocally is not going to change, not only because I have the information by the Spirit of God, but because I have seen all the facts. Not all the facts. I've seen the facts that are available. And they lead me to this conclusion. Was this a false flag in the sense that it happened on purpose and it wasn't just the wheel bearings seizing up and welding together in this train and it was by design? I don't know. I can't answer that question. It seems very plausible to me that that could be the case because there's a lot of these kinds of things happening and popping up and, and train derailments. And we, can, we can talk about that. Was it a false flag in the sense that it didn't happen and these people aren't being poisoned and the water's not poisoned and these people have nothing to fear because it's just a big giant land grab and of course they wouldn't pollute land that they're about to seize? Eh, wrong. 100% wrong. Now, no. are they going to... Is this a land grab? Totally could be. Kind of seems that way, right? But would they not contaminate land that they're about to grab? I don't see that at all. No. In 2021, Norfolk Southern adopted the uh, ESG proposal, and that's the um, the new climate thing that ever, and the environmental protection, whatever, mandating the company to align its lobbying with the Paris uh, Agreement on Climate. Oh, this shocking. is shameful. Should have focused on train safety. Shame on Vanguard, J.P. Morgan, etc. for using your money to vote for this insanity. Wake up, folks. Should have focused <clears throat> on what do you do in case they already... Hang on, I'm about to just go a little cray-cray here a second. I'm going to try and rein it in. We were told, not only by Pete Buttigieg, that these train derailments happen a thousand a year, which is over three a day. But we've also been told that these kinds of chemical spills have happened before. What? Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. If these kinds of chemical spills have happened before and the only answer that you have is to burn this stuff into the atmosphere, then you should not be allowed to ship these via anything. No. We don't get PVC pipes at this point. Not okay? if it can do this. Not yeah. if it can do this kind of damage and there's no... Listen. We didn't get to vote on this. This yeah. affects people. Everybody's like, oh, we live in a democracy. Well, if we lived in a democracy, we would get to vote on the fact that there's no contingency plan for this stuff. They actually had prior, in prior years, more maintenance 
um, they had more caution. And we're a constitutional republic, they had by more, the way. You know, things to to stop these from happening. Yeah. But as we discussed in our previous show, and I'm going to go a little bit deeper in to the fact that the railroad company, uh, Norfolk Southern, has um, eliminated key maintenance roles along the railroad. Got to save so those dollar, dollar bills, about, y'all. We talked about these hot boxes. Now, these hot boxes are supposed to be every 25 miles along the railway, and they are supposed to detect if things are overheating, okay? Well, there are special specialized signalmen called electronic leaders, and they specialize in maintaining the devices like these hot boxes, okay, to make sure that the trains are, are running properly and not going to derail. As recently as three years ago, Norfolk Southern employed five electronic leaders in the area of its rail network that includes East Palestine. Mm. Today... It employs zero. Oh. Okay. So those guys who were in charge of keeping the hot boxes in place that would have detected the the, the sparks and a and a bad wheel bearing, they don't exist anymore. Because they're pinching pennies so that they Wait, the profits of Norfolk Southern are billions of dollars. Mm-mm. These electronic leaders couldn't have made more than $120,000 a year. Okay. What are lives to them? Nothing. Zero, according to Christopher Hand, director of research at the Brotherhood of Railroad Signalmen. The area in question is the Eastern Region North, Division B. And then I have a map here if you want to show them. Got it. Shown in red in the map. It runs east to west from Mansfield, Ohio, to Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, and north-south from Morgantown, West Virginia, to uh, Astabula, Ohio. It also includes rail track in Pittsburgh, as well as Youngstown, Ohio. Hand said electronic leaders, known as hot box detectors, no hotbox de- detectors inside out, but the position, which typically requires years of experience and higher pay, has mm. become less common at railroads across the country. Electronic leaders also taught newer signalmen how to operate devices like the hotboxes. After that position was eliminated in Norfolk Southern's Division B, Han said its responsibilities were likely transferred to a signal maintainer. Their main role is to keep up with the government-mandated tests of equipment, and hot boxes aren't under federal regulation. Once they eliminated that position, it fell under the signal maintainers who had no knowledge, no training, or very, very little training in these hot box detectors. Across the rail industry, Han said most signalmen are exclusively spending time on the government-mandated tests. What does that sound like? Schooling. Rather than doing preventative maintenance like cleaning and greasing, okay? When you get up in an airplane, that thing's got to go, and that every single part has to be, like, brand new, okay? But when they look at the trains, they're like, eh, they could just... Well, and, and typically, they are not ha- they don't have people on them, but guess what? They're carrying hazardous materials, okay? Hiroshima bomb-type hazardous materials. There used to be something called maintenance and it was routinely maintaining your apparatus, not just strictly going there when you had a regulated test. Okay. Back in the day when people took care of things, it's the responsibility of the railroad to maintain the track and the locomotives by which rail cars move. However, these derailed cars were possibly owned by a leasing company or the actual shipper of the chemicals inside the rail car. Federal regulators have rolled back other safety rules. For years, the federal government required railroads to conduct a type of brake test on rail cars that had not been operated for four or more hours. As of 2020, rail operators may wait up to 24 hours to conduct this test. The Association of American Railroads, an industry 
um, that um, lobbied for this change in 2017 was the... Um, I guess it's the FRA estimated that changing this rule would save the rail industry $600 million over 10 years. This video that I'm showing, we showed last night, clearly shows that um, the conditions of the railroads, it looks like a little Mr. Rogers fake train coming down the road, mm -hmm. the way that it's bobbing up and down. Yeah. Like I'm watching Thomas, the, the, the train, you know what I mean? Like this does not look like... How is this even possible? So don't tell me, Pete Boot Edge Edge, that, oh, this kind of thing happens all the time. Are you kidding me? And you're sending billions of dollars to the Ukraine when our railways that are transporting deadly, toxic, explosive chemicals on them are traveling on this when you can see very clearly that the wood that's supposed to be underneath of the railway ties has completely disintegrated? Yeah. Give me a break. Like, listen, you know, we used to have these kind of debates and talks on resistance chicks early on. You know, you, you guys know we've been doing resistance chicks. This is our seventh year. Um, early on, we would talk and people, you know, capitalism and, and you just don't want taxes and you da 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 Our tax, I'm all for the taxes for our roads and EMS and firemen and things like the maintenance no, of railroads. No, 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 this is not, no, the railway pays for the railroad. True. Okay, I don't, I don't need my taxes going to your I business. I would pay the taxes for the railways if we weren't sending all this money to the Ukraine. I would be willing, right? We all would be. The railroads companies, they want to go, they, they have done imminent domain Taking over people's Come lands. Come on now, she's preaching. Okay? I'm not a fan of railroads. I'm not a fan of how they were created. Boom. Eminent demand. Eminent domain. You guys know how. You guys have seen the Railroad Barons movies on, on how these railroads were even created. That's right. At the very tippy top of, of, of these railroad companies are not good people. Well, then you make a really good point. From a spiritual aspect, the spirit behind railways has always been, we don't care about you. No, we're, we're going, going to, to do take what, your land. We're whatever gonna, we we're want. Gonna, they, railroad companies die, move, get out the way. From fool. the very rail line put down, the very first one put down, it was all about greed Come on. and money and get out of my way. Not we know it, the stories are you sure of people it wasn't running about, oh, cattlemen stuff out to the running the cattlemen prairies. off their land. Okay, running right through people's land. No, no, no. The, there is a spiritual dynamic to these railroads, and it is mm -hmm. evil. I will tell you that. Come on. All right. Um, before we move on from this story, I would like you to play the video of a resident here, um, uh, and she, and and this man says, um, "Where are we going to move? Where, where could we even move to? To the right." To the left. There we go. Nope. Nope. It should be right there. Let me see. There, <laughs> there it is. There it is. We got him. I love that these reporters that are there on the ground, and I'm really proud of them for being there. I'm I'm definitely not I'm not called to go, but I still wouldn't want to go. With Bruce Grove. Bruce, and uh, you're a local, sir. Yes, sir. And uh, you want to share your thoughts on why you're here and, uh, and everything that's happened? Well, we're all here just to get answers. That's all we want. We want to know if it's safe to come back to our community. Um, you know, why is it Norfolk Southern here? We want to know that. Why aren't they here to, to face the questions? We hear that there's security concerns. Well, there's plenty of police everywhere. It looks pretty secure to me, but we want answers. Um, just on a lot of the stuff that has transpired without the last couple weeks, you know? We're all scared, we're nervous, fish are dying. 
Um, you know, is our water okay? Um, it's just a lot of stuff that, you know, that we need answers to. You know, we're a small community. We're not used to this stuff. Just want to get some answers to know, if, you know, how, is this going to be a long-term effect? How long is it going to be? Mm. You know, um, should we look to move? You know, what about our properties, our home, our values of our houses? If I wanted to move, could I move? Because am I going to be, who's going to want to move here? Who's going to want to move here now? And if I have to leave, who's going to want to move and buy my house? What's my house buy yet? I'm, I'm sure it's dropped. So these are like a lot of the questions that they have. And, and this goes back to, is it a land grab? It absolutely could be. And that is an example. So our little that. munchkin governor says that the water is tested fine. Is, did he drink any? We never thought that the municipal water was contaminated, but out of an abundance of caution. Uh, our Ohio EPA took samples which were analyzed and they in fact came back and were shown to be safe. You do not need to drink bottled water if you are on municipal water. If you get your water from a private well, you are encouraged to use bottled water until your water is confirmed to be safe. That again is just out of a Abundance. Out of an abundance of caution, but we have showed you guys the videos of the water table uh, right there in the creek. That's what they call it there, the creeks. Um, there's chemicals coming up out of, no, that's in the ground. So no, I wouldn't drink it at all. And the question is, hey, is Ohio providing bottled water for these people? Can they bathe in it? That's that. Those are good questions. But I also want to play this. Now, Obama went to Flint, Michigan, and he basically mock the people of Flint who were concerned about their water. And it kind of feels a little bit like that. But just to remember how awful Obama really was and is. And I see you and I hear you. <laughs> we invest. Uh, can, can I get some water? Come on up here. I want a glass of water. Get a bottle. Bottle water. I want a glass of water. Everybody settle down. This is a feisty crowd. Thank you. I really did need a glass of water. This is not a stunt. What? He, he wet his lips. He did not drink it. He didn't sip it. He wet his lips. There was an audible gasp in the audience. People were just like absolutely dejected. Why would you do that? I, I am sure that somewhere when I was two years old, I was taking a chip of paint, tasting it, and I got some lick. Yeah, that's like talking about like, well, I didn't wear a seatbelt and I'm fine. It's like, but there were tons of people that died. Backstage, the president sitting at the table with the criminal governor okay. decided to perform his stunt all over again. You know, generally I have not been doing stunts here, but you know. <laughs> that's not what I expected. That's right. what Snyder did. It felt like he minimized like what people were actually going through and struggling with. If you were actually lead poisoned, you would not be president. You would be janitor Barack Obama. 
We were holding on to hope that he would declare a disaster area. A disaster would give us FEMA, it would give us pipe replacement, get engineers in, in here. Then we could get Medicare for all the residents of Flint. As soon as he took a drink of the water and said everything's fine, that was that. Was that. And look at it, years later, it's still poison. When he came here, it was my president. But when he left, he was not my president. You know, and again, when we question everything, and, and I will say this, I'm like, they didn't videotape that coming out of the tap. And even if they had, I wouldn't have trusted that he was actually drinking and the water. he didn't drink it. If you're going to drink it, you drink the whole daggum glass. Oh, exactly. You didn't <laughs> drink the whole daggum he glass did. He there. literally put it up to his mouth and it backed down. He didn't swallow it. You saw it. He yeah. didn't swallow any water. This is like Clinton. I didn't inhale. You did not. This is, and so, the reason why we played that clip is to remind you guys that whether it's a Democrat community or a Republican community, they don't, they don't care, care about, about us. But you know who does? Jesus. God cares. And if you, again, if you missed our Brideon show, which you'll have to watch the combo show later once I put uh, these two together, just an hour ago I mentioned... A, a story in the Bible where the water is cleaned and it's done as a miracle by Elisha. Your homework is to read second Kings chapter two tonight with your family and then join us. If you can, if you can drive, you're within driving distance of Dayton, Ohio tomorrow night, we're going to be there. Pray for Ohio at Pastor Neil Peterson's church at Harvest Revival Center. I'm going to pull this flyer up for you guys in the middle of the show right now um, because this is really, really important. We are pulling this together out of a, a hat here, okay? Pastor Neil Peterson is a former governor or governor candidate, gubernatorial as they, as they like to say. I'll cover up Leah there. He's doing what Mike DeWine should be doing, declaring a state of an emergency and a statewide day of prayer and fasting. Leah and I are going to go up there with all of our friends and you guys, and we are going to spark a revival. We are going to be praying that God restore the land, restore the water, heal the residents, and clean up all these chemicals. And don't you tell me that my God is not that big because he has done it before. In the Bible, Moses put wood in the water and cleared, cleaned the water. Okay, God is all about cleaning stuff up. There is nothing nothing too big for God. And I'm telling you, we're going to get into the Asbury revival in a little bit tonight, but we have got to actually act. Now, for those of you that are afraid, oh, I don't want to drive to Ohio. East Palestine is on the very edge of the Eastern edge of Ohio. Okay. Dayton is on the very Western edge. It's four and a half hours away. Okay, it's complete other side of Ohio. It's very safe to come. We would not be asking you to come to East Palestine, but we will ask you to come to the other side of the state to fast and pray with us. This is real deal, guys. We want you to come if you want to if you want to come. Go to harvestrevival.center and it, the the directions are on the flyer. We're sharing the flyer everywhere on all of our platforms, so there's there's no excuse. There's an event page set up on Facebook on Resistance Chicks Facebook page there. So we want to invite you guys to come from far and wide. It's going to be unlike anything that you've ever experienced. And I promise, not only is your life going to be changed, but we're going to change the lives of every single person that is affected by this. I'm going into this totally ready for for God to do a miracle. And like I said. Last night on our show with Jeff Lauterbeck from the Epoch Times, with our prayers, I don't need to see the instantaneous miracle from like people that may have gotten cancer. 20 years down the line, they don't get cancer. And it looks like, oh, it never happened. Nothing's wrong. 
because of what we do tomorrow night. And I yeah. want you guys to come and join us. So what do you think East Palestine could have done with $1.6 million? <laughs> because the Biden administration spent $1.6, more than $1.6 million shooting down what may have been $12 balloons. Um, it, it appears that after the Pentagon dispatched fighter jets to shoot down Unidentified objects, February 10th, 11th, and 12th, utilizing heat-seeking AIM-9X Sidewinder missiles at over $400,000 a pop, Biden belatedly admitted that they could just be harmless weather balloons. The intelligence community's current assessment is that these three objects were most likely balloons tied to private companies, recreation, or research institutions studying weather or conducting other scientific research. But now an Illinois-based hobby group, which uses $12 balloons with ham radios for a cheap, high-altitude hobby, says the object shot down over the Yukon Territory on February 11th likely belongs to them. The NSA whistleblower, Edward Snowden, also sees that as a likely scenario. $400,000 missile it could report, have been shot. It could have been just to shoot down a $12 Hobby balloon. A report in Aviation Week profiles the Northern Illinois Bottle Cap Balloon Brigade, the NIBBB, to learn that the Hobby Club silver-coated Pico balloon was last picked up via radio signal on February 10th at 38,910 feet off the west coast of Alaska, and that it was projected to float over central Yukon Territory the following day. It disappeared around that time and in the general location of the February 11th F-22 shootdown wow. of, an of an unidentified object ordered by the White House. The report began somewhat hilariously enough. A small, globe-trotting balloon declared missing in action by an Illinois-based hobby club on February 15th has emerged as a candidate to explain one of the three mystery objects shot down by four heat-seeking missiles launched by U.S. Air Force fighters since February 10th. The Pentagon's own briefings had described a small metallic balloon with a tethered payload below it. Yet still, as a search for debris continues in inclement Arctic weather, there's been no confirmation of exactly what it was shot out of the, what it shot out of the sky. According to a further description of te the team of hobbyists, uh, the balloon that went missing, the descriptions of all three unidentified balloons shot down on February 10th through 12th match the shapes, altitudes, and payloads of the small Pico balloons, which can usually be purchased between $12 and $180 each, depending on the type. I'm guessing probably they were Pico balloons, said Tom Medlin, a retired FedEx engineer and co-host of the Amateur Radio Roundtable show. Medlin has three Pico balloons in flight in the in northern and southern hemispheres. What's more is that the enthusiasts are so convinced the Pentagon has been taking pot shots at mere Pico balloons, very expensive pot shots at that, that some have contacted multiple federal agencies to inform the authorities, but apparently to no avail. Below is an example of the type of transmitter, which is the, quote, payload. <laughs> <laughs> Dangling. Under William on Facebook wants to know, did you say four, mil four missiles? That's closer to $2 million. I tried contacting our military and the FBI and just got the runaround to try to enlighten them on what a lot of those things probably are. And they're going to look not too intelligent to be shooting them down. Behold, the potential major threat, which required advanced F-22 jets armed with Sidewander missiles to be de deployed. 
last week, the publication itself, based on what it learned about the Pico balloons flying high over North America, North American skies, attempted to alert the FBI, NORAD, and the National Security Council, and they did not acknowledge that harmless Pico balloons are being considered as possible identities for the mysteries, mysterious objects. Why do you think that they are doing this? I... They have to know that these could be these hobby balloons. They're, they have not to know that that's what they are. They have to know that's what they are. They did it because Biden allowed the other balloon that actually did have a legit payload, and it's designed to make us confused. Well, maybe the Chinese balloon was just a weather balloon. That's exactly right. That's what this is about, okay? China's balloon wasn't just a weather balloon. It did have a payload on it, and they shot it down over – they let it go across the entire country, Okay, so then the contingency plan, you know how these go. You've watched enough movies. We need to, to get on this. And so you've got China and Canada and the United States all shooting random missiles in the air to make up for the fact that China surveilled the entire United States. Boom. Those F-22s are operated at $85,000 an hour. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Just... Wow. Biden, uh, uh, Donald Trump Jr. tweeted, Biden shot down some kids' science project with a $400,000 Sidewinder missile. By the way, Biden admitted in his speech today, while not acknowledging the situation directly, that the balloons they shot down were likely just being used for research and recreation. But they knew that. Recreation. Not only did they know it, but they this was on purpose to come out that they had wasted. They're willing to waste, right? The the entire thing. Well, the sad part, the really really sad part, is that Flint Mich or well Flint Michigan could use the finances, and so could East Palestine. Oh, East Palestine. Yeah. All right. The U.S. Navy has lifted its uh, COVID uh, vaccine mandate for sailor deployment. The U.S. Navy will no longer consider the uh, jab uh, status of sailors when making decisions about their deployment. According to new guide, guidance this week, the updated guidance comes shortly after Congress removed the military uh, jab requirement as part of the 858 National Defense Authorization Act for the fiscal year of 2023. Biden signed this into law in December, and the Secretary of Defense, Lloyd Austin, officially rescinded the vaccination mandate in January. Commanders should seek advice from medical providers regarding medical readiness of personnel to inform deployment and other operational mission decisions. And your jab status shall not be a consideration in assessing individual service member suitability, service member suitability for deployment or other operational missions. So there's no, there's not allowed to be any more distinctions between those who are jabbed and those who are not jabbed. According to the United States, the Navy has separated a total of 2,096 sailors for not adhering to the jab. Um, and you've got 1,664 who are on active duty. What is so infuriating about this is how many men left the military because of this. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we're sending all of this military supply mm -hmm. to the Ukraine. We've lost a huge portion of our military. Yeah. This, I believe, it's not just meant to weaken our military. Yeah. But with them sending the funds, it's meant to weaken... You can go ahead. It's yeah. meant to weaken mm -hmm. the nation. Yeah. And I actually have a video here where um, the U.S. military is suffering a staggering 25% enrollment deficit. Nobody wants to join the military. Yeah. 
start today with this Reagan National Defense uh, Survey of trust and confidence in the U.S. military, as we just noted, uh, now down to 48 percent as of November 2022, Vivek. Well, look, it turns out that the U.S. military felt a staggering 25 percent short of its recruitment goals this year. That is a big deal. And it turns out that if as a nation you are constantly engaged in self-criticism, forgetting the ideals of that nation, but just engaging in self-criticism, especially along axes of identity politics like race and sexual orientation, then fewer young Americans want to serve in that military. And so I think our national security and our national spirit go hand in hand. Mm. But it is the responsibility of the military to look after its unique purpose, which is to protect Americans from foreign threats, period. And when the military itself veers from that purpose and itself becomes a vehicle for becoming a form of self-criticism of the United States, that's when you see the decline of trust in the military mm -hmm. and, unfortunately, a decline in the willingness of people to serve in the military. Sadly, that's where we are today. Well, when you look, when asked in that Reagan National Defense Survey, if woke practices decreased Americans' confidence in the military, a majority said 50 percent, a great deal. I should say half said a great deal or some Vivek. You see this and you wonder if the Pentagon is going to take a message from this. I would certainly hope so. I mean, when any institution veers from its main purpose, people trust that institution less. The military is not an exception. And General Mark Milley and others like him may think that they're actually exhibiting greater empathy, that they're exhibiting greater nuance by saying that they want to ask, understand aspects of our nation's history and its failures. I don't necessarily object to that on its face. But when you go the layer of then indoctrinating your, your ranks with critical race theory, with divine ideologies, mm. people are less unified in wanting to defend that nation. So even if it comes from a good place, I think it's clear. That's absolutely true. That's absolutely true. But you know what's interesting is that Nikki Haley, Dear Lord. she has thrown her hat into the race, even though she had promised Trump that she would not run against him at, for a presidency. She's thrown her hat in the ring. She wants to primary Trump. But she's a neocon. She wants to primary Trump? She wants to... Didn't you understand what that means? In the but, primaries, you mean? Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. She's thrown her hat in the ring to run for president. When I think of primary, Trump. I think of somebody that is is up for re-election, and then you primary them, meaning you go in and you. She you wants go ahead to get take. in the yeah. primary with um, Trump. Well, Trump is the de facto nominee because he didn't get a second term. Right. But Nikki Haley is explaining that. Um, Why supporting Ukraine is putting America first. We have the backs of our friends, and we hold our enemies to account. And, you know, whether it's Ukraine or Israel, we take care of them because it's about freedom and we can never stop fighting for freedom. There is that popular strain and a lot of MAGA that wants the Ukraine gravy train financially and otherwise to stop. And even there's a growing Republican consent, not consensus, but growing Republican support to say, wait a minute, checks and balances here. What are we doing giving all this money to Ukraine? Where do you come down on the money, on the, on the military, uh, whether it be fighter jets, X, Y, and Z? Biden was slow to the take. Yeah. He should have given Ukraine what they needed right when this started, and we'd be in a totally different place right now. This isn't a war about Ukraine. This is a war about freedom. And I don't think we need to put troops on the ground. I don't think we need to write them blank checks. But they have the passion to fight for their own freedom. Give them the ammunition to do it. Get with our NATO allies and say, hey, we're not the only ones. You've got to do it too. And let them win this fight. But I'll tell you what, 
If they win this fight, you won't hear anything from Russia, China, or Iran. If they lose this fight, Russia's not going to stop at Ukraine. They're going to go into Poland and the Baltics, and we've got a world war on our hands. We have to make sure we send a message to every enemy that if you mess with our friends, you're messing with us, and you don't want to do that. And, and that, therefore, is America first, in essence. It is taking is care saying. of America because we're preventing wars. Wait a minute. I'm going to break down all those lies that she just told, okay? First and foremost, sending a message of if you mess with our allies, you've messed with us. Nikki, I did not know that Ukraine was our ally. First of all. Ukraine's not NATO. Exactly. That's number one. Second of all, Nikki, your statement equals we should put troops on the ground. So if we're not putting troops on the ground, then how does it make a statement if we're just sending all kinds of money and all kinds of equipment over there? So you're actually not saying that they're an ally. She's like, I'm not saying put boats on the ground, but oh, we're making a statement. That's what we're saying to our enemies. Another lie that she told is if they don't win this, then you, there's no end to what you're going to hear. And Russia is going to invade Poland and the Baltics and all of this, that, and the other. Russia has made zero indication of that. Russia had very specific beefs with what was, with what was going on in the Azov region, okay? With um That's the Azov excuse Battalion. me, the um help me out. The shoot. The eastern part of Ukraine. No, the name the name that's I, difficult to pronounce. I know, I know, that's what I'm saying. Anyway, the eastern with, part of Ukraine. That with that was actually uh predominantly ethnically Russian, and Ukraine would actually bomb uh, Dumbass, the Dumbass region. It's the Dumbass region. Yes. They were very upset at the way that the people were being treated by the Azov Battalion, by the Nazis, the literal Nazis yeah. that are there. And so they were like, listen, we're going to go in and we're going to essentially liberate this area. But more than that, you talk about poking the bear. You mess with our... How many times did Russia have to say it? How many times did Putin have to say it? Stop moving your NATO border into the Ukraine. We do not want to border NATO. So Ukraine has to stay outside of NATO. And they kept poking the bear and poking the bear and poking the bear. And then when the bear attacks, they're like, ah, you evil bear. They made their terms incredibly clear. They are not conquering there's a difference, okay? There's a total difference between conquering and going in and just trying to take over areas. Russia has has made it very clear what their intentions are, and they're going to see that through. We are not defending Vladimir Putin, I will tell you this, or there, um, I do believe that Russia obviously has some totalitarian aspects. People go missing, people die. You, 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 no, they're not saints. Okay. But they're not the, they are, they actually are but kind of a monster, the but this they're is, not the monster she's depicting. No, what I'm, but here's the thing. She says our friends, our friends, our friends. Since when is the most corrupt European nation our friend? Well, I think Since that's Hunter very telling. Biden yes. was on the board of Burisma. She's, Ukraine is, is Nikki Haley's friend. She probably has a whole lot of corrupt deals going on in the Ukraine. Ukraine is our friend. Of course, they're our ally because we do all of our money laundering over there. Yeah, well, she's she's a neocon. And now, as far as her throwing her hat in the ring for president, you know, I don't think that what happens is these people get told 
all these lies. Like if you throw your hat in the ring, then it'll be good for you in the future and it'll do this, that, and the other, but you yeah. probably won't win. And then they get in the race and they're like, mm -hmm. they get a big head. They're like, oh, maybe I could win this. Yeah. And then they start to think that they could actually win. And I just don't see Nikki Haley yeah. being the nod. I don't see even with uh, corrupt machines and, and whatever. I don't think they're going to be able to primary, as to use the word that Leah is saying there, I don't think in the primaries they're going to be able to put anybody in but Donald Trump. Now, in the general election, that's going to take a miracle of God. But in the primaries, I think I'm, pre I'm pretty sure it's just going to be Donald Trump. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Definitely. All right. So... Disinformation expert Danny Rogers used Congress to regulate big tech to regulate Trumpism or in aberration of history. Daniel, Dr. Daniel Rogers, the co-founder and executive director of Global Disinformation Index, the GDI, wrote an op-ed for Time magazine calling for sweeping tech reforms to block President Donald Trump or someone like him from getting elected. Breitbart News reported on Rogers' claim during a February 22nd or February 2022 presentation to Princeton University students that support the supporters of Trump cannot be deprogrammed from alleged disinformation. He also bashed Breitbart News's coverage of immigrant crime as inciting anti-immigrant violence. To Rogers, accurate news coverage is violence. In Rogers' <laughs> op-ed, he contended that the quote key to Donald Trump's rise to power was online disinformation. This is also the perfect setup for someone like Trump to create further political turmoil in the future. People like him will say or do literally anything to grab attention as long as it benefits them. They lie outright solely to further their own immediate interests. Their disregard for truth is pathological. Their entire personas are fabrications designed to maximize ratings. Our modern information environment, which rewards engagement above all else, is perfect for someone like Trump to succeed unless we make fundamental changes to this system. To combat alleged disinformation and to prevent another Trump, Rogers called for sweeping antitrust privacy in Section 230 of the Communications Decency Act reform. In his op-ed, he claimed that his proposed reforms would not amount to a truth police, mm, but it would regulate no. disinformation directly. It he would amount would to a truth police. Go after the, quote, toxic business models underpinning our information environment. In his call for antitrust reform, he said the digital ad market is dominated by Facebook and Google. Given that they are dominant players in the digital ad market, they have no competition, thus little incentive to better their better serve their customers. The advertisers, by blocking ads and funding to sites peddling disinformation and hate. <laughs> you know what? I hate evil. You know? I hate liars. I hate tyranny. So yeah, it is that kind of hate. I can't stand these people. The, I don't... I, I, the idea of censorship is so prevalent. We all know it. We all experience it. Whenever I go somewhere and I ask somebody to raise their hands, if you've been censored, everyone raises their hands. We've experienced it. If you're hearing us now, thank God, because we've been taken off of YouTube. We've been censored on Twitter. We're demonetized. We Facebook has, has I don't know if it's still on there. No, I think has, it's, it's gone now, actually. Uh, you know, had it our expired. website is, had, was a disinformation website. It's absolutely insane. But here's this guy, Sam Bankman Freed, no uh, a judge comes. overseeing. He's the guy in the uh, SBF uh, uh, fiasco. Uh, the, the judge in this no. case. Sam, Sam Bankman Freed, SBF are his initials. Oh, that's right. You meant well, FTX. FTX, FBS. Is, yeah, so you. many acronyms. Throw, um, they, the judge threatens to revoke bail and throw him in prison over VPN use. So don't expect to see any more random head-scratching tweet 
from SBF ever again. On Thursday, the federal judge overseeing the San Bankman Freed's fraud trial threatened to revoke the FTX co-founder's 250 million bail package and throw him in prison if severe restrictions weren't placed on his use of electronic devices and apps. As Bloomberg reports, the U.S. District Judge Lewis Kaplan said on a, at a Thursday hearing uh, on his bail conditions in downtown Manhattan that he didn't think a government proposal that would limit Bankman Freed to one monitored cell phone and laptop and restrict his use of Zoom to communicating with counsel was sufficient. <laughs> The hearing follows concerns over Bankman Freed's reported use of encrypted messaging app Signal to contact FTX's U.S. General Counsel, a potential witness in the case, and use his virtual private networks. Both technologies could allow him to shield his communications from the government. Uh, Bankman Freed's lawyer, uh, Mark Cohen, who has argued his client's use of apps and VPNs was innocent, mm. called the government proposal draconian on Thursday. It isn't the government who contacted the witness. Uh, the judge added that though the hearing wasn't uh, over bail uh, revocation, it could get there eventually. So here's the thing. When you go in jail, they record all those calls. If you're out on bail, the government has a right to know what you're saying, even to your lawyers. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you've got the, this guy out on $250 million bail, even though he stole um, what, billions of dollars from people. Where's his money coming from? He's got a lot of friends in high places, obviously. I got friends in high places. You know, again, and it's, I, I don't want to offend any of our new viewers, and I love you all. I love you. And so instead of picking on um, digital currencies, I'm going to say that Leah and I are big gold and silver gals. Okay? Mm. Real money that you can hold in your hand. Leah cleaned up down here and she got rid of all of my silver dollars that I keep down for no, my No, I example. leave them here usually. I know. They're I here somewhere. Somebody oh, stole them. No, they're hiding. Somebody stole them. Um, this is, <clears throat> you know, Lynette Zhang of ITM Trading always says, shields are made of metal, not paper. Okay? Not something digital in a, a computer or something like that. And everybody's, oh, it's foolproof. Guys, it's not. It's. It really is not. There's nothing foolproof but gold and silver, which has been the monies of peoples from the beginning of time. From the beginning of time. Okay. Let's go back to that before we put our faith. Do you know how many people lost in FTX because they were told that it, it's untouchable? That nothing bad can happen to it. You can't lose. Guys, everything that, that is a get-rich-quick scheme it's badly. It so, does. Uh, Representative Thomas Massey, our adopted congressman, as we Love call him, from Kentucky, just over the river, he said uh, about this with the money going over to Ukraine. Imagine a pallet with a million dollar bill stacked on it. Now picture a giant boat with a thousand of those million dollar pallets on it. Now visualize a hundred of those giant boats, each with a thousand pallets, each with a million dollars. That's $100 billion, and that's how much we've spent in Ukraine. I have good news for you guys, though. Imagine imagine if you had to send those dollars to the Ukraine by 100 boats with 1,000. Right. So so, so let me actually let me pull this back up because I want you guys to see this comment because this is really important for you to understand something. And, and uh, so Josh Barrett here on Twitter says, this is it's an abuse of our tax money. No, no, it's not. It's not. It's not. And let me tell you why. Because that's not your tax money. We don't pay that much in taxes. It's impossible. All of the money that is going to Ukraine, all of the money that's going to fund all of these, you know, researching frogs in Uganda, okay, the crazy stuff that's in the, the pork spending of our 
Congress. It's not your taxes. It's just not. It is money that they make out of thin air. They add zeros to a computer screen. It is not your tax dollars. Your tax dollars are trampled in the mud. They are so minuscule, right? They are. Let me finish this. They are so, so minuscule. I just thought you could bring this up while you're talking. That it's not your tax dollars. What it is, though, is it's on the backs of the future Americans through inflation, the devaluation of your dollar bill, yeah, right? That's where it's coming from. It's future debts. And at some point, probably very soon, maybe even this year, it's going to collapse like Venezuela collapse. And there will be no more dollar. And a loaf of bread will cost you you know, who knows, $100, $1,000, right? Look at the debt clock ticking here. This is, okay, again, this is really good. Let's let, let's break this down. I hope this is big enough for you guys to see it. Um, the federal tax revenue. I'm really, this is going to be difficult and I don't want to embarrass myself. Is that trillion? That's trillion. Four trillion dollars. Okay. Revenue per citizen is $13,000, almost $14,000. Okay. Over here to the left, we see 31 trillion in our national debt, which is $94,000 per citizen. And then you up. see the U.S. federal spending, the official is, so uh, we're bringing it, they say that we're, we're bringing in. Looks like they say we're bringing in four trillion and we're spending six trillion. Right. So um, that's not sustainable. So no, it's not your tax dollars. These are made up dollars. They do not exist. They are fake. And everybody says, oh, let's just go back to the gold standard. Okay, that's fine. Go back to the gold standard. It's the same thing as total total debt to GDP is uh, one hundred and thirty three. 134% basically. The the gold standard isn't going to be enough. Okay? It's just not enough. We're going to have to go back to actual real tangible assets. Oh, and by the way, our interest that we pay 3 trillion in interest per adult is 14,000. That's an interest every year. A year. Every year. Every year. And you wonder why you have to have a birth certificate. You wonder why you have to have a social security number. China wants those because China owns it. China owns us all, right? But we don't because we are free men and women according to God. If they can burn up vinyl chloride on a train, this debt, boom, it doesn't exist anyway. The debt doesn't exist. That's that's the rabbit hole, right? It's even the debt is fake. Even the debt is fake because they are just zeros on a computer, they now, do not what exist. what is not fake is that God brought DeMar Hamlin back to life. However, in an interview this week, he had some cryptic responses when asked his thoughts and what was going through his brain and, and what, did, what did he think actually happened to him? He never, he didn't want to tell anybody. You have the hit. You make the tackle. Do you remember standing up after you make that tackle? Um, I 
That's something I don't really want to get too deep into in the details of. After Hamlin was discharged from the ICU, the question on so many minds, what caused his heart to stop beating? You're 24, peak physical condition, could run circles around me right now. <laughs> <laughs> How did doctor describe what happened to you? Um, um, that's something I want to stay away from. So let me, why the question let here me was so face. simple. It was how did doctors describe to you what happened? Um, people want to know. Everybody wants to know. Why not just tell us? I could understand if he was emotional. Yeah. And was like, it's too traumatic for yeah. me to remember. But clearly when you watch him, that it, there's not, it's not an emotional response. It's a, and I will tell you exactly what it is. It's, I've been told that I'm not supposed to talk about that response. Right, right. And he was told it's not something that I want to get into. He probably had to rehearse that because it would come out as I'm not allowed to talk about that. Not allowed to talk about it. Not allowed to tell you what happened to me because I'm going to tell you what happened to him. And actually, I'm not going to tell you what happened to him because I'm on Facebook. But y'all know what happened to him. And that's what happened to him. Leah wants to know, um, how would we get into gold and silver? You know, I wish that we got a kickback for telling y'all to go over to SD Bouillon, but we don't. Um, there are several different places to go. ITM trading is one. We, my preferred place to go is SD Bouillon. They're Christians when they send you the stuff. That's, which we don't have much of it. Let's just let you know. We, you're but, right. Compared to you, we probably do, but it's not like we're rich. But um, they send scriptures with theirs. I, and, and they've been good to us. We've been using them for, what, six and years? And we tell people six right now, years? silver, 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 silver is the most undervalued uh, currency. It's the most undervalued asset in the entire world right now. Um, it should be. The Constitution has pegged it as 15, 15 to, to 1, 1 to gold. gold. What's the price of gold today? Let's go to my little JM Bullion meter that's app that's on my phone. All right, so today... Gold is eighteen hundred dollars, and silver is twenty one dollars. Now, for ease, we'll just say uh, ten to one would make silver at one hundred and eighty dollars, is what it should be. But yeah. right now, it's at twenty one ninety six. Now, here's what's even worse about what they've done to our currency, and and I call that our currency, our our actual money. Even gold is undervalued. It probably should, should be, be around $10,000 an ounce minimum. And they've been keeping these prices low because they use gold and silver, A, because they want to scoop it up. A lot of different countries are scooping up gold and silver if at you wanted exorbitant a product, rates right you now. Wanted, these guys need silver for in their technology projects. and in products. And so they artificially keep the price low so that they can Every keep buying Every time silver it. looks like it's going to break out. And here's the thing. Guys, it's called wealth preservation. I tell you guys to get your get your get a get a get a hold of uh, gold and silver, just like um, with your preps with uh, food and things like that. And we tell people to get junk silver, silver dimes, because those are already in small uh, denominations. They've got dates on them, so you know which ones actually have silver in them. Um, because I think it's pre nineteen sixty. It's called junk silver, and all it is are used. You know, they've been kind of worn down. Nickels, dimes, quarters, half dollars. 
before they started to mix with other metals. Now you're going to, and, and we will do a whole show on this at some point. We haven't done one in a while. You will pl- you will be paying a premium. So there's the price of silver right now. And then different items have a higher premium. That silver dollar that I just showed you, it's got a hefty premium on it right now. Okay. But even, Lynette Zhang says this all the time. Even with the high premiums, it's still, it's like, do you get something at, 95% off or do you get it at 90% off, right? Like what's the difference? Right. Truly. All right. So I'm going to go to the Nord Stream Pipeline uh, bombshell report by, uh, I think his name is Seymour Hirsch. Um, and he, we covered this last week. This is getting very little attention, even on Tucker Carlson, where pretty much Joe Biden bombed the pipeline, the Nord Stream pipeline. I'll give him a lot of credit. Joe actually did it. He was puppeted to do no, it. No, he yes. didn't do it. And Jack Pasobit explains why would the United States do this? Go and roll this. Uh, wait, before oh. we get to that, though, this comment from our friend Lorraine. Hi, Lorraine. We love you. She says, God, silver, gold, ammo, water, food. Boom. What happens is it was, there was an exercise in June, and it was supposed to. Um, the, the bombs were put in there under the cover of a, of a, a, a NATO exercise. There were a lot of different countries running around um, with divers um, and uh, blowing up things. It was an exercise to go find and chase mines. There never had one, been one before. It actually was whoever in the CIA or the other agencies that thought this up should get a bow because it was pretty ingenious. So in that exercise, the divers went down, did what they were trained to do. They're very good. C4. A couple hundred, whatever the weight is, um, bombs enough to blow up most cities, most buildings in in in, uh, in Washington, and may some in New York. Anyway, um, they did their job, but the president at the last minute uh, hesitated because he was afraid um, blowing it up right after the exercise would put the finger at us, and then he wanted permission to do it any time, and that caused an enormous trouble in the team. The team was, you know. People are sophisticated in the intelligence services. I know we, we have cliches about them. We see the movies about them. Uh, and the bottom line is um, they were, this made sense of them uh, blowing up a pipeline, <laughs> blowing up a pipeline. Owned by, it's actually owned by uh, a division of say, Gazprom runs 51%. That's all the Russian oligarchs. And 49% of the Nord Stream 1 are owned by four business uh, groups in the Western Europe who, who farm out the oil anyway. Uh, they saw the threat as being valid. Um, and if you wanted to do it during an exercise, well, okay. But in September, late September, they got the word, you know, they, they fixed it so he could. But then they thought it was, I don't know what they thought, but I don't think they thought in late September, he would blow up the main pipeline, Nord Stream 2, which is a new one. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome aboard today's edition of Human Events Daily, powered by Turning Point USA. Today is February 15th, 2023, Anno Domini. Where is President Biden? So ever since Seymour Hirsch dropped this giant bomb on the Biden administration, bigger than the bombs that blew up the Nord Stream pipelines, Biden seems to have been forced back into his basement. Basement Biden is back, folks, and this guy has not responded. He's trying very hard to simply act like none of this is happening. He's acting like Hirsch, who, by the way, you just heard and Seymour Hersh's the first interview that he's done since the, this, this bombshell dropped just a couple of days ago. He's explaining exactly what we told you here on Human Events Daily. We got it right. That he is coming out now. And the reason that Biden decided to blow up Nord Stream 1 and 2 
was to exert U.S. dominance over Germany. It's part of the great game. You have to go back to Lord Isley, the founding of NATO. What is the point of NATO? To keep the Americans in, the Russians out, and the Germans down. This is the point of NATO. That's what Lord Isley, the initial NATO commander, told us. Okay, that's what he told us. So here's what Hirsch is saying. He's saying it's quite simple. We thought that the Germans were getting wobbly, or you know, the Americans thought that, the American government thought that. They thought the Germans were trying to find ways to turn Nord Stream back on. They wanted it to get back on. They weren't going along with some of the sanctions. They were trying to pull out. They may not have committed to tanks and everything else. They were saying, look, we want to keep a door open because we want this cheap gas. Okay, we want that. Because of that, they were not as fully committed to the war in Ukraine as the United States wanted. Well, guess what? All of a sudden, the decision was taken out of their hands because the pipelines were blown up. Now the LNG is flowing to Germany from Norway and from the United States. It is not coming from Russia. And what is heading between Germany and Russia? Oh, that's right, tanks. The Leopard 2 tanks are now rolling. They're now on their way through. So you got to understand the background of all this, folks, for it to make sense. And we see the people who benefit from this. And I told you from the very start, qui bono, qui malo. Who benefits, who suffers? Follow the money. Cherchez le petrol, follow the petrol. You know, when it comes to the, the again, with Joe Biden taking responsibility and, and all of that, I'm not totally convinced that, again, not only was he a puppet, but like, you know how when you're taking care of like the elderly or whatever, and you need them to just like sign a bunch of stuff. Mm -hmm. And I'm not talking about like taking their, their assets or anything crazy. Right. But just like, just sign here and they don't care. Just sign here. You know, like sign you this, this hospital form, sign this. Yeah. 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 It's almost like whatever happened with the bombing, he probably didn't know what he was signing. Joe probably doesn't even know that he blew up the Nord Stream 2 pipeline. He's probably clueless because it's better to keep Joe Biden clueless because at some point he'll spill the beans. Right? So he doesn't know what doesn't know. Doesn't hurt him just slip him a little paper. Can we just get your little signature here, right here? This is, you know what I mean? Yeah. All right. So the Pulitzer Prize winning journalist Seymour Hirsch in a fresh interview that Jack Pesso was just talking about with Germany's Berliner uh, Zutung newspaper, which follows up on his bombshell reporting on how America took out the Nord Stream pipeline, has pro provided, and I just tweeted this out if you wanted to show the people, has provided more context to the Biden White, uh, White House's decision. Uh, making behind the brazen high-risk high covert op. The President of the United States would rather see Germany freeze than see Germany possibly stop supporting Ukraine. He explained that in reality, the Ukraine conflict was not going well for the West and that it's important to remember that the Stream 2 was put on hold by Germany itself, not international sanctions. And the U.S. was afraid Germany would lift sanctions because of a cold winter. That's when the legendary investigative journalists emphasize the point is that Biden has decided to let the Germans freeze this winter. Mm -hmm. The president of the United States would rather see Germany freeze and see Germany stop supporting Ukraine. Hirsch has also, uh, uh, in a fresh update to his Substack, teased that more details are coming based on his sources. Stay tuned. We are only on first base, writing that there may be more to learn about Joe Biden's decision to prevent the German government from having second thoughts about the lack of cheap gas this winter. In the meantime, 
Russia says it is preparing to convene a special meeting of the UN Security Council to discuss the case of the Nord Stream sabotage. <laughs> the Russian mission to the United Nations said on Wednesday it is planning uh, this meeting for February 22nd, and it comes after Moscow has demanded answers from the Biden administration related to allegations and the reporting revealed by Hirsch. We know y'all did it. Well, so far, the mainstream media has, by and large, been completely silent on Hirsch's findings. Routers has um, belatedly acknowledged it as follows. The U.S. investigative journalist Seymour Hirsch wrote in a blog post, blah, 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 blah. And yet... Previously, top U.S. officials have, in so many words, openly admitted that they welcome the news of the Nord Stream pipeline explosion. And we showed you, Victoria Newland said, you know, we're very happy about this. Uh, we're, uh, so did we start a world war with Russia? That's the question, um, because I do believe this, is, this would be an act of war. It totally would be an act of war. Russia knows it. And America knows that Russia knows and Russia knows that America knows that Russia knows. Now, just to let you know, the government of the United States is tracking real true criminals. Uh, We're not playing that one right now. Real true criminals. Mm. Now, remember, remember, last August, there were really bad guys that that the FBI was trailing and making sure that they had an eye on. And last August, the Atlantic labeled the rosary as an extreme symbol. The FBI cited this article as evidence in their targeting report on conservative Catholics. The Atlantic says how the rosary became an extremist symbol. The Air 15 is a sacred object among Christian nationalists. Now, radical traditional Catholics are bringing a sacrament of their own to the movement. That rosary. Now, if you'll notice this rosary that they have invented has bullet holes Mm -hmm. in it. It's actually... It's fake. It's a computerized making of a rosary there. Um, we So apparently they're saying that the AR-15 is our sacred object. Um, no, because most Christians don't really have The Bible is a, a sacred object? Exactly. The Bible is probably the closest thing we have to a sacred object. We yeah. don't have sacred objects because Jesus lives in our hearts. But speaking of extremists, tell me then, why were two Republican lawmakers assassinated in two weeks? On Thursday, Fox News reported that a second Republican council member from New Jersey was assassinated in a little over a week. The first was Councilwoman Eunice uh, Dwumfor from uh, Sayreville, New Jersey, who was brutally shot and killed outside of her hometown on February 1st. Over a week later, Republican Millard Councilman Russell, Russell Heller was outside was killed outside his workplace. For all the leftist media's crowing about attacks on democracy, you would think the three evening network newscasts would be all over this story. She's a black woman, but no, she wasn't a Democrat, so it didn't matter. She was a Democrat, so it didn't even happen. Instead of reporting on the second assassination of a Republican elected official, the three networks decided to report on stories like local weather forecasts. Uh, Special report anchor Brett Baer opened by expressing shock at the violence that has been occurring against Republican elected officials in New Jersey over the past week, saying for the second time in a week, a New Jersey council member has been gunned down and killed. Yesterday, Republican Russell Heller was killed outside of his workplace. Go ahead and click on that video if you wouldn't mind. For the second time in a week, a New Jersey council member has been gunned down killed. Yesterday, Republican Russell Heller was killed outside his workplace. Last week, Republican Eunice Dwumfor was killed outside her home. Correspondent Alexis McAdams is in New York tonight with the search for answers. 
Good evening, Alexis. Brett, good evening. Two very disturbing stories in New Jersey. And tonight, as police search for the gunman in the councilwoman's murder, we're seeing new surveillance video that could be key in cracking this case. Take a look here on your screen. It's a pretty quick clip, but you can see a person caught on camera there near the crime scene just moments after Eunice Dwumfor was shot and killed last week. That shadowy figure spotted there running by. It was recorded on nearby surveillance cameras. Now, Dwumfor was found dead in her car outside of her townhome in Sireville, New Jersey. Neighbors say they heard nearly a dozen gunshots before police found her body in the car. On Wednesday, hundreds of people gathered for a memorial service in New Jersey. You can see it there. It was packed. The community honored the young mom and politician who they say had a very bright future. Dwumfor was originally from Ghana. She was the first black woman ever elected in that small borough. Her smile, it represented an invitation, an invitation to be seen to be heard. Everyone is grieving and mourning for this loss of life. Now, just about 20 miles from that shooting in Milford, New Jersey, this councilman, Russell Heller, was shot and killed in a different case. Heller was gunned down yesterday morning in the parking lot of this New Jersey power company where he had a full-time job as a supervisor. Investigators say that gunman was a former employee who drove off and later killed himself. Now, this evening, all eyes remain on that surveillance clip, Brez. You can see there, police trying to catch the killer of Unis Dwumfor. The FBI is now involved and the state police are assisting with this case. Brett? What's wow. going on in New Jersey? You know, no. but you could say that those were just regular murders, but you can't because these people were elected officials. It's like right. everything that you see in the movies. I always say to you, like, well, how come you never actually see this kind of stuff happening? You well, do. there you go. You absolutely you do. You actually do see this stuff happening. That is heartbreaking and infuriating because she's yeah. the first black woman to be elected in this, in this uh, bureau. Borough, excuse me. Um, and... The media being completely silent at her yeah. death, even if it was just a death of like random, like a car accident, they should report it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, I wanted to play this video. I thought it was really interesting. Um, in 1958, a psychoanalyst and philosopher, Eric Fromm, was asked why he believed the United States of 1958 was the best society the world had ever seen. He explains why. And then he gives a warning for how the U.S. could destroy itself. Now, I wasn't really keen on where he was headed because I wasn't so sure that I really liked 1958, but his answer and his, his analysis at the end is very uh, spot on. Yet only recently you said this. You said there has never been a better society than in the United States in 1958. What do you mean by that? Well, I mean it, of course, in relative terms. The history of man so far is nothing to brag about from the standpoint of our ideals. And what I mean is that in comparison with most other societies, our present-day American society has achieved things which are remarkable. Material wealth greater than for any other nation, uh, a relative freedom from oppression, a relative mobility, uh, spreading of art, of music, of thought, which is uh, also rather unique. So I would say compared with the 19th century, compared with most previous history, this is as good a better society than any which man has ever made. But that doesn't mean it is such a good one. Well, that's the point. At the same time, you make this apparently contradictory statement because you also said earlier this week, if the United States goes on in the direction it is taking, 
it is in serious danger of destroying itself. Now, how? In what way? Well, Mr. Wallace, I would say, if I would put it generally, because in our enthusiasm to dominate nature and to produce more material good, goods, we have transformed means into ends. We wanted to produce more in the 19th century and the 20th century in order to give man the possibility for a more dignified human life. But actually what has happened is that production and consumption have become means, have ceased to be means and have become ends. And we are production crazy and consumption crazy. Well, I would like to get your views, with that as a background, I'd like to get your views as a psychoanalyst on specific instances on what is happening to us as individuals. For instance, what would you say is happening to man, American man, in relationship to his work? I think uh, his work is to a large extent meaningless because he is not related to it. He is increasingly part of a big machinery, social machinery, governed by a big bureaucracy. And I think American man unconsciously hates his work very often because he feels trapped by it. Uh, imprisoned by it because he feels that he's spending most of his energy for something which has no meaning in itself. Wow. Which he is spending his days in something that has no meaning in itself. If you are going to a job and you are just putting things on an assembly line, if you're making, you know, plastic water bottles or something along those lines, if you're in advertisement and you're trying to sell Cocoa Puffs, you have no meaning in life. You're not waking up with that you're, you're saying, I am contributing to society in a meaningful, positive way. Cocoa Puffs, meaningful. No, that is harmful to children. If you're the Pop-Tart, you know, advertiser, go find yourself in, in a revival and get to know Jesus and ask where your calling is, okay? Because there are too many people who are just creating things to consume and they've created things that just break down. Yeah. I mean, we love our, uh, our essential oil diffusers, but they're always breaking. Everything is breaking. Nobody is making anything that lasts or has value or is maintaining now things. Now, describe lasts, though, right, Leah? Because I said this on um, the video that's, that's gotten quite a bit of attention on, on East Palestine. We're talking about PVC. And I said, I would rather, you know, PVC, we, I've used it. I, we do a lot of plumbing for those of you, well, again, PVC that don't know lasts, a lot about us. Lee right. and I, we have our, our own, you know, homestead and we know how to do plumbing and electrical and, and butcher animals and all that, right? This is what we do. So I know a lot about plumbing and I've used PVC. I actually don't like to use PVC, but it's cheap and it's easy and we use it because it doesn't break down and it lasts copper does and, eventually break down and so well for our outside pipes we've had clay pipes that they used to use we've had cast iron pipes that they used to use for for drainage and stuff and they've broken down and we've had to replace them but and we replace them the with point. pvc yeah. but maybe that's the point so when we talk about things breaking yes the cheap right. chinese goods they break and they don't last the way that things used but to last then, yeah 
But then there is a whole nother, like if you if you build something, you know, again, on our homestead, we use a lot of wood outside to create fencing and weather and it deteriorates and, and it doesn't last per se, but it's part of living to then replace it. So there's two different aspects to the lasting. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I just want to throw that out there. Uh, but that oh. guy, I wanted to tell you, I looked him up because I didn't yeah. know about him, Eric Fromm. Mm -hmm. He was a German Jewish psych, uh, psychoanalyst and he f uh, fled Nazi Germany and came to the United States in Columbia, uh, New York there. And so that that accent that he has is German, but I, I wanted to add that aspect of who he is, who he was, I should say, mm -hmm. because it really adds more credence to the things that he's saying coming from where he came from, coming from a Nazi Germany. Yeah. You know what I mean? Speaking of things that last, there is a revival that has lasted for 10 days continuously and has not um, stopped. Conti 10 days of continuous prayer, worship, testimonies, and repentance at Asbury University. Hang on, I'm getting it. heard of the Asbury revival. So for those of you that maybe don't know, you have no idea what's going on. Why are we talking about a revival? At the Asbury University in Kentucky, they were holding a chapel and they do this every day, I think five days a week at least. And the chapel didn't end. It just continued. I think this was on the 8th. Is that right? February 8th. And revival broke out and people started to hear about it and people started to flock from all over the world to come to this place. And they have been going nonstop from that original chapel since the 8th. So there have been prophecies of revival breaking out. God mm -hmm. has given us prophecies. Patriot Gallery had a dream two nights before this broke out yeah. that essentially describes exactly what is happening. Well, I'll just go over there. It. So um, mom has a little prayer or uh, a dream journal that she writes down dreams uh, and things that God speaks to her. So on February 6th, days before two days. this happened, people gathered in an auditorium, uh, like a main and she's and children in there. And then she says, I took the lid off and there was a, this lid that was nailed down, keeping basically a lid on the kids. And she goes, I pulled those nails out. Children are going to teach each other to uh, the gospel of Jesus Christ. We cannot stop them. Once all the nails were out on this lid that she, she put the lid back on. Um, and it, it was a perfect slit uh, fit. And, um, the, Essentially, she's able, let me repeat it. She's able to put the nails back in on the principal, yeah. right? Let the kids out, and she put the principal, and put the principal in, and then put the nails and right back in where they belong. Like she she drew this um like kind of curved stage. You guys can see the date on there. Mm -hmm. Um, and she said, and she put this the kind of a curved stage, and then these kids on the stage in an auditorium, and um, she said these children should know the gospel of Jesus Christ. And what was interesting is she kept telling me about this roll top. There was this roll top 
And to the side of the stage is a roll top piano. Yeah. And we just noticed that when I was playing Mom, the intro. Mom, in I the made. intro, you'll see there is a roll top uh, piano. It was very crazy. So I want to read to you some things that uh, a friend of mine, uh, Ashley, she helps with Pete Santilli's show. She's actually going down there tomorrow. Um, that she sent to me uh, from people who have who have gone. Jesus has jumped all over me tonight. This is a young man. I'm an apostolic Pentecostal and I've just witnessed something that I've never experienced before in my life. Complete freedom in worship. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. And I've just experienced something that has changed me. I'm used to three songs, two testimonies, a sermon, and we're out the door at the Mexican restaurant before you can say, hello, Dolly. And I don't mean that in a bad way, but so many times as Christians, we rush through our services and we miss out on uh, no telling what. Tonight, I sit in a revival at 1030 at night and it's packed and out and there's no end in sight. There are three chapels on this campus and they're packed out too. The balconies and the front steps are packed out with people seeking God. The front lawn is packed. It's insane. The people are still pouring in. There are no professional singers or piano players. They told us that. If someone felt led, they got up to, and sang. There is complete peace and order to it all. People are singing at the top of their lungs. Good singers and bad singers. All are singing together without the fear. Who can sing better? Who can sing better? Everyone is singing. It is so beautiful. People are bawling. People are hollering. People are clapping. People are jumping. People are down on the floor praying and seeking the face of God. There's no end to the praise and the repentance. I have never seen so many open Bibles and so much sincerity in all my life. I could feel a hunger that I've never felt before. There's no order to the service. It just keeps going and going. Nobody wants to leave. A man, a preacher kind of guy, an ex-Jew, he told his, he was, he stood up and said to the congregation, what is happening? It's Jesus, he said. There's no program. There's no one telling anyone what to do. People are literally just standing and feeling after the presence of God. It goes from hush to a roar. I am utterly moved. I can't believe that I've ever walked into my church and that and that at times I've been too ashamed to raise my hands and praise God. There has been pride in my heart. After all that God has done for me to, and to know that I've had pride in my heart, that's awful. God help me be better. Uh, she, he said, there is complete freedom here. A woman is standing beside me, singing at the top of her lungs. She was singing from her heart. It was so beautiful. And all of a sudden, she began to speak in other tongues. The hair stood up on me. I knew God had filled her with the Holy Ghost. She began to wail in the Holy Spirit. The altar is open at all times. You can pray at any time and somebody will pray with you. There is nothing rushed. They are waiting on the Lord. It's amazing. Asbury said, if you're here and you need a place to sleep, they will find a place for you to stay. There are literally thousands of people and they are helping people with whatever they need. I experienced the love of God tonight and it's powerful. It made me think about everything in my life. Get in your car and come to Asbury Revival. There are people from all walks of life, from every religion, dressed in all kinds of clothing, bawling and seeking God. May God ever let me be only religious and let me seek him after seek after him and what's pleasing to him may his presence fall like rain in these last days the bible says in the last days god will pour out his spirit on all flesh and tonight he's still doing that i'm thankful to be in the truth i'm thankful for acts 238 can you imagine a prayer meeting that started last wednesday night and has turned into this it has gone on for 24 hours and that was uh five days and he said the morning after Number one, I expect the balconies to be closed soon. Where I was sitting, I could feel it move as guys bounce, not even hard, from one leg to another beat in the music. Guys walking with a heavy gait shake the balcony. Not shake as you see it, but move what you feel it. 
Three quarters of the 1,500 seats were filled and under, with under 25-year-olds. Not one single 25 and under had their cell phones out. Therefore, not one 25 and under were doing any videotaping. The spirit of rebellion, I will do what I want because I feel like it was obvious. They were asked two times from the platform to turn the cameras off. They are serious. They called Tucker and others and told them not to come. They don't want spectators. They want hungry hearts for encounters for destroying the sins that destroy. They are not about wanting human elevation. Only Jesus. Only Jesus. Under 25 are hungry and thirsty for change. Not the change of an experience like an eating a juicy steak and poop it out six hours later. But change of where the experience is more of an encounter with the Trinity on the level to destroy of destroy destroy the part that causes the feeling of needing to eat another steak they are hungry for a lifestyle change porn is the most frequently confessed struggle now they would all get up and and, and like everyone would confess their sins out loud in front of everyone um Two out of three people are confessing porn as a sin. Again, no steak dinners of emotional experience of Jesus' love, but rather an encounter and something that will destroy the desire to sin again, period. Five hours, four sermonettes, two altar calls, salvation and the infilling of the Holy Spirit, worship in between, worship, worship, worship. Sermonettes were short. Let me tell you about my Jesus, why Jesus makes a difference and an invitation to accept him. Holy Spirit lifestyle, surrendering careers, callings, desires, an invitation to be filled, leaving nothing undone. What did you come for? 25-year-olds over, quote, church, attending because you are supposed to do it for social engagement. Church for them is a lifestyle change or bust. The uh, 25 and under are hungry for inner peace, peace on a level of great calm. But let me tell you, when one stood at their seat to accept Jesus as their Lord, the place roared and clapped with hands, hand claps, I mean roared. They had them stand at their seats and confess their sins one by one. Let nothing be left undone. The same with the infilling of the Holy Spirit. What are you here for? Don't leave this place without being satisfied. How long has it been that the services are dictated by the click of an hour? Love. The raw, authentic love that Asbury has for all was something I've never witnessed before. The great heart of love that students and faculty had as they served us as ushering in ushering was so deeply touching. No grudging volunteerism because they were guilted into it. Revival. Why has it taken so long? Maybe, just maybe, we have treated revival like a display of chocolates. You do you and I will do me rather than the hunger to do it his way, period. We have gone shopping for a version of revival to satisfy that momentary feeling of need, but not a cry out to destroy the desire to sin. Eat enough to be able to say, boy, church felt good today. Monday, oh, he will forgive me again because he loves me. While this is a truth, there is so much more, a richer, more satisfying life. And lastly, the hungry for so much more to life. I think this could be what separates our splattering of revival from the Asbury revivals. And I think the desire to not have the platforms of TV and social media to spread it, but rather hearts change to spread it. Wow. That's really powerful. So, um... I want to break down some of this, right? Confession is indicative of repentance. Mm -hmm. So revival happens when you have repentance. Yeah. So what I'm hearing with what you're reading there is a whole host of like just repentant people, people that are bound to sin. These kids have been left to the wayside, especially when it comes to pornography. Yeah. No one is talking out about it. We've been praying for this for a long time. Yes. Haven't we? We've been praying, especially for these under 25s who have known nothing but social media. Yeah. And most 
young people are addicted to porn and most boys especially will see pornography and kind of get addicted to it at like 12 years old. Exactly. So a lot of these young men are grow, grew up in Christian homes, Christian households, and they're at Asbury at a Christian college and they're still bound to sin. And it started with one young man. They have chapel every morning. Yeah. And started with one young man, got to the front, and he just felt like he needed to confess his sins. So in on February 3rd, 1970, this exact same thing happened with a young man that got up and confessed. And then another person confessed and another person confessed and chapel continued and it didn't stop. And it just went on and on and on. And they covered it on the news. You can just go on YouTube, I hate to, to refer you there, but go on YouTube and put Asbury Revival 1970. And there's a whole documentary on there that you can watch on what happened there. And so it's in this exact same chapel room. It's it's not really changed. That's why this person's like, I think the balconies are going to have to close soon because they're kind of old and uh, it's a little shaken and stuff like that. But uh, we're seeing a repeat almost to the day. 30, mm. no, 50... Three. Three years later. And uh, I don't think that that's a coincidence. I just don't. I'm not I'm not finding the timing of that coincidental. I think that it's probably divine. And We have been praying for revival. We've been praying for revival to break out in Ohio. Asbury is just an hour and a half away. And there is a Bob Jones prophecy yeah. uh, that talked about uh, this, this Gulliver, this big giant that was laying down. Uh, was held down with these the, these ropes, and his head would would come up from like the Cleveland area, and then his arms would be in like Indiana, Illinois, and then over in um, I guess Pennsylvania, and then the feet were in um, uh, in North Carolina, and um, I forget where the other foot was, but then he would stand up. He would stand up in Georgia. And that part of the this Gulliver vision was that the reproductive organs would be in Cincinnati and creating kings and priests, reproducing more in the kingdom. Well, you know, when you're looking at this this vision, these 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 um these things happening, well, Asbury's just an hour and a half away from Cincinnati, and you know, something is birthing from there, and there would be a heart in in Columbus. And there will be many miracles and things coming out of Columbus. Well, tomorrow we're going to go to Dayton. You know, a lot of this these, this prophecy had to do with Columbus and Cleveland area and Cincinnati, like all of Ohio calling, uh, just coming up and then spreading this revival across the Midwest to the East Coast. And I'm sure then, you know, Gulliver gets up and walks west, you know. Uh, to spread revival. And when we're talking about revival, and you go back to some of the old time revivals, revival is messy and it's weird. And some people get crazy because you just, people get loose. Okay. But sometimes you get loose and then it, 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 it as the fires die down, then your denominations come up and everybody puts everything back in order and everything back in place. But the way I kind of view revival is uh, my mom always had a saying that things have to get dirty before they get clean. And uh, we've been running our wood-burning stove. Um, we've got a little ash going on in the basement. And I'm looking at and stuff that I, I need you to dust. You mean like dusting. Okay. So I need to kind of take things off the shelf. It's going to look kind of messy. Clean it off and put it back. And that's revival. 
Mm. And um, that's what we need to happen. And then what's happening is people think, well, we need revival all the time. Well, you don't need to have, if you have a, if you're having a 24 hour prayer service, then you need something big time. Okay. Because guess what? God has good things for us to plant seeds and grow and have families. And you're not getting married. If you're having a 24 hour prayer service, you know, we want to be in the presence of God, but God knows we're human beings and we need to have shelter. We need to have food and all these different things. But, that's like cleaning a shelf or cleaning something where you take everything out and you put it all back or you go through it. You take out all the expired stuff out of your pantry or something like that. So revival is that way. We're going to, oh, you know what? This, this is here too long. This, or this is expired. And we, we don't, this is, we're going to get rid of this. And so, um, I'm very skeptical usually about revivals because I, I remember the Toronto and the Brownsville and everybody was running down there and it and it seemed like when they came back they didn't come back any better. Mm. They didn't come back changed. They didn't come back. They came back and they went looking for a feeling, and they didn't come back as a changed human being. Like I, I'm want to live sinless. Right, because or not just I want to live sinless. I think a lot of people probably came back with that feeling. I want to but live the, sinless. It didn't change them to be able to do it. We have to come back with, I need to now change my family, mm-hmm. my community, my um, state, and my nation. Yeah. And I was talking to Pastor Neil Peterson. He's the the pastor of the church that we're going to have this at tomorrow night. His church doors are open 24-7 right, right now. now. He came back from the Asbury Revival. And God told him, open your doors until revival falls. So his doors are open. It's live streaming on Harvest Revival Center's uh, YouTube page and their Facebook page. And I spoke to him and I said, Neil, remember, he ran for governor. Mm-hmm. He's the real deal. It's as, He's as real as they get. I said, something is going to happen at your church where we are going to come and we're not. Here's the deal. And I'm so excited about what's happening to Asbury in Asbury. So please don't count this as me making a comparison because I'm not. But what I am going to say is this. We are not getting together tomorrow night just to pray and praise for anything in general. Mm-hmm. This is specific. Yeah. This is to get on our face before God and say, heal our land. And there is something incredibly representative of the toxin in the soil and in the water that represents the toxin yeah. in our spiritual lives. And I believe that as people travel from far and wide from out of state to come there with us tomorrow, as you guys come there with us tomorrow, even if you can only view online, that's fine. Yeah. I really want you to come in person. It's but- 1488 Johns, Johnsville, Brookville, Ohio. And Johnsville, Brookville Road in Brookville, Ohio. 45309. And that is on the flyer and we're, I've shared it everywhere. But I believe truly that as people come humbly to pray for someone else to heal their land, that God is going to heal that person and their land. And that is what I want to see coming out of tomorrow night. And our, our best friend said, what time are you guys leaving tomorrow night? I don't know. I, do, I know that we have our world news program at 1.30 on Sunday. We will be here for that. But is this revival going to end? I don't know. Is it going to carry on like what's going down in Asbury? I don't know. But I know that Neil is going to keep his church doors open. So even if you can't make it tomorrow night, 
Come on Sunday. Come on Monday. Come on Tuesday. Come. Because what Neil described is he said, people that are going down to Asbury need to grab the fire and then take it back to their community. And there yeah, is something. Not everybody is going to be able to go. There's millions, 33 million people in the United States. You can't all go to Asbury. So there's something about Neil's obedience to God to say, I'm going to open my church doors and I'm he, not going to close got them. The, as, the, as one small candle may light can a thousand, light a thousand may the light here uh, kindled shine unto many. And that was uh, yay into other parts, unto um, the other parts of the world. And that's from William that's Bradford. So and so Neil went and he got some light. Mm. And so if you guys want to join us, you can go get that light and then you can go and spread that light. Yes. And earlier today, um, we were talking about the water and this, this is a song. It's called Wade in the Water. It's a Negro spiritual. Um, and it's about the, the children of Israel crossing the Jordan and being told, go and, and I will trouble the waters um, and I will pass those waters. So I'm going to sing that with you guys today before we say goodbye. Wade in the water, wade in the water, children, wade in the water. Cause God's gonna trouble these waters. See that host all dressed in white. God's gonna trouble these waters. The leader looks like an Israelite. God's gonna trouble these waters. So wait in the water. Wait in the water, children, wait in the water. God's gonna trouble these waters. See that band all dressed in red. God's gonna trouble these waters. Looks like the band that Moses led. God's gonna trouble these waters. Wait in the water. Wait in the water, children. Wait in the water. Cause God's gonna trouble these waters. Look over yonder and what do you see? God's gonna trouble these waters. The Holy Ghost coming on me. God's gonna trouble these waters. So wait in the water. Wait in the water, children, wait in the water, cause God's gonna trouble these waters, and if you don't believe I've been redeemed, God's gonna trouble these waters, just follow me down to Jordan stream, God's gonna trouble these waters. So wait in the water, wait in the water, children, wait in the water, cause God's gonna trouble these waters, God's gonna trouble these waters. Woo! So good. God's gonna trouble the waters. Now remember, your homework assignment tonight 
is to go read 2 Kings chapter 2 and just see how big God is. It is not too big for God to save by many or by few or to wipe out chemicals or toxins in water or land like he did in the mm. Old Testament. Nothing, Nothing is too big for God. Now remember, Ohio's motto is, with God, all things are possible. Mm. With God, all things are possible. Mm. So where are you going to be on Sunday, Leah? I'm going to be right here in this chair, probably really tired. With our world news program, then where are you going to be? At 1.30. On Wednesday night. I'm going to be right back here in this chair talking about the kingdom of God coming here on earth and y'all reigning as kings and priests with Corey Gray, our Sir, our friends Serge and Jason down there in Tulsa, my Woo! kingdom, my kingdom kin. My kingdom kin. So we want you to join us for Revelation Red, Red Pill, Pill Wednesday. Revelation Red Pill Wednesday. Get ready to rethink everything you thought Get you ready. knew Get about your the boots last on. days. Mm. It's going to be this series that we're going to be doing is going to transform no, you. It is mind. going to change. And listen, we're calling it Revelation Red Pill because we have been diluted, right? Mm. We have been lied to for the past 150 years about the last days. And we're going to blow your mind. It's going to change you from the inside out. We did a series called Revelation Red Pill Academy in 2020 when we were not working because they shut us down and locked us down and our, our business shut down. We did this series, the Revelation Red Pill Academy. You can take it now if you want. You can go to resistancechicks.com and, and, and it's take the it. the best thing we have ever done, bar none, and probably will ever do. That's not true because this is going to just take it to the next level. Now, we were asked if from people that have already taken the Revelation Red Pill Academy, are we going to go through the academy again? No, that's already on the website. This is going to be new. We are going to be bringing on guests every single Wednesday that we can get them booked, and we're going to break down everything about Revelation, about Daniel, about Matthew 24, where we are at. But most importantly, we reign as kings and priests right now. And the world does not have to go to heck in a handbasket. Kingdom kids. Kingdom-minded, kingdom kids. We are not taking dominion the way that we should mm. be mm. and we are designed mm -hmm. to be. But mm -hmm. the timing right now is perfect to spread this message. So we're really excited about that. So we want you guys to join us every Wednesday, roughly at 7 p.m., that's the plan. Seven to eight. Seven to eight. Seven Depending to eight on who Eastern we can get on, where what time zone they're in. Exactly. All right. We've done some amazing shows this week. They are, I think they're all on resistancechicks.com, but they are for sure all on Rumble. You guys, we got to go viral again. <laughs> we got out of this. When something goes viral, I'm not, it's not about the views. It's like... We went, we got through the censorship net. Exactly. We got through the censorship net again. Michelle did a video on just because you guys kept, we actually did. If you guys actually watched our video, you can't watch everything. I don't blame you. But we were covering the Nord Stream pipeline and something else. And at the end, Michelle's like, we need to cover Palestine. So East Palestine. So we did a big segment, but we didn't title it anything. We're like, oh, we should probably cut that off, put it on its own segment. And you guys kept messaging us, messaging us. Are, Are you guys okay? okay? Are you okay? Are you okay? Michelle's like, they need to know we're still alive, okay? So we're on a walk at 1030 at night, and Michelle's like, okay, I got to do this. I got to do this video, and ain't nobody going to see me. You know why I went viral? Out. Because nobody could see us. They just don't want to see our faces. You know, I talked about this with Kansas Cowboy. <laughs> I talked about this with him, okay? <laughs> if if we can get 108,000 views with y'all not seeing my face, I you have to see it. I don't care. <laughs> I can, I can, no, 
this makeup. I cannot <laughs> even brush my hair. Okay, I don't care. Y'all don't need to see me. If you guys don't need to see me, how that? Uh, the 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 last time we went viral, I think we almost hit a hundred thousand views. And we were talking about Trump, but this one's gotten more, and you could see us then. I think they just don't like the makeup because the video that we did on Trump, I don't think we were wearing any makeup. That's what it is. Y'all just don't like the makeup. I am glad that you people care so much about the. Here's the thing: I care about messages. People, li people listen to Rush Limbaugh not because he was a beautiful man. <laughs> okay. Let's just, you know, people care about ideas, and that's what the left doesn't understand, is we care about ideas. We don't care about what people look at, look yeah, like. it's true. And that's how we, that's how we do. So, anyways, do. that went viral, and, and we have gained 4,000 followers on Facebook. It's more than that now, because we started out at 8,500. Yesterday, or this afternoon, we were at, um, and this is on Facebook. This seems like little numbers, right? It, like, well, this you, is Facebook has not let us grow in seven years. No, they don't. 13,000 13, followers Woo! on Facebook for now. Keep in mind, we were on YouTube for six, almost six years. And, and in our first six months, first six months as resistance chicks, we gained 10,000 subscribers. And then they kept us at 10,000 subscribers. I would get notifications. Oh, you've gained uh, 500 subscribers, 600 subscribers, 1,000 subscribers. And then they would just take them away. And they kept us at 10,400 subscribers for six years. Ten, it was an exact number. It would be like 10,399. And then it would go up 100. And every once in a while, it would get out of control. Three and they would let it get to like 13,000. And then it would drop down to 10,400. For, no, not three years. This was six years. Oh, six years. Six years. And Facebook has been the exact same we've way. We've been at five. We've been, we were at like 4,000 followers for how many years? Like five and a half Five years. years. Because, and, and and Facebook's told us, it says. Your reach is limited. Because they, we, we get started a notification our Facebook page. Your, face, your reach is limited. It was with, with like 4,000 followers, all of our posts reached 2,000 people. Right. Like exactly. 2,000 people. And then it's like. Now your reach, reach is three. limited. And what that means is that's how many people that, that Facebook puts it in front of. Three people. Right. So we are very excited to be breaking through the algorithm now. And For I'm For so just a moment. And just a moment. It's Thank been you. Great. June. June says, I just came across you gals last night and I'm following you. June, you are why we are so excited. You are one of almost 5,000 people the censorship that is deck. making us excited. Okay. You got through the censorship net now. Just know that most of the time, June on Facebook. And Buffy Bolin, who says the same thing. Me too. And Buffy. There's a little place called Rumble. <laughs> and and when we get ready to rumble and we do things get that that are rumble. really serious and we know beyond a shadow of a doubt just cannot be discussed, we say goodbye Facebook. Goodbye, we stop Facebook. the Facebook stream, but we continue it on Rumble. So you need to find us on Rumble. I'm actually going to drop the link to so tonight's everybody video. needs to follow us on Rumble because all the good stuff, if yeah. we go live with something that's just like, we're not even going to mess with this on yeah. Facebook. We go live on Rumble. We do DLive, but we're, we're trying to get everybody right. on to June Rumble. and Buffy, both of y'all need to click on that link when our show's done. Thank you. And subscribe to us on Rumble. Follow us on Rumble. And you'll get the good stuff. You'll get the good stuff. For also, free. For free. We don't even have paid subscriptions. Nothing. Just please just follow us to the to the to the to the to the outer lands. Right. Please. 
Now, last but not least, I haven't done anything really advertising wise today on either of our shows. Um, to put up all the different flyers, all three flyers. These are things you guys can come to um, tomorrow. Well, okay, pray so for Ohio. This is tomorrow's Pray for Ohio. Uh, in Dayton. Right. And if you guys are in Texas, you're all going to come to on. Wait, it's Sealy, near. Texas, outside of I don't have that flyer Houston. downloaded. I don't have it downloaded here. Well, that's silly. I know. Um, so you're going to get the flyer. Really we are going to be there with Dr. Stella Emanuel, Dr. Artis, Mickey Willis, who made Plandemic 1, 2, and 3 with um, Judy uh, Mikovits. Mikovits. I always think of... Um, the tales, the Bible. Oh yeah, the Bible. Bible All right, goes. so I've got, I've got to hang on. Let me, let me, okay. let me shrink this here. So what are we going to be doing there? Okay, Doctor Jancy Lindsay. I think um, a, a Project Veritas whistleblower from CBS. Her name and is. And let's not forget the plaintiffs on the case. We that are. have had the wrongful Dr. deaths. And uh, wait, what's her name? Doctor Angie and jo oh, and Angie Farella. Okay, so we're going there. To MC this event, our picture is not there, but our name is Featuring Resistance Chicks. <laughs> we didn't get it. There was literally our friend um, Kelly. Kelly, who put the flyer together, she's like, There's I no have room for a bubble for you. And we said, That's okay. Don't worry okay. about it. But that was my line. They didn't have to die. Okay. Stop the protocols that kill. Are we still on Facebook? Yeah, we are. But go to declaretruth.us declaretruth.us and that's where you can find Those out so if you live in Texas. Who died from taking a certain thing in the hospital, they're suing because of that. A treatment. It was a treatment, not the actual treatment. juice in the thing. It was a treatment. The treatment. All the right. Treatment. So so you're going to join us for that. And then Coach Dave. And I do then have that if one, you actually. guys are anywhere in the tri-state area, Kentucky, uh, Indiana, Ohio, you guys are going to want to miss this. Okay. So we've got Dr. Sherry Tenpenny, Dr. Carrie Madey, um, Attorney Tom Renz, Coach Dave, and it's going to be at a church near us, uh, House of Restoration Worship in Milford, Ohio. So they're calling it the Kentucky Huddle, and why are they calling it the Kentucky Huddle? Leah? Because it was supposed to be in Kentucky, but he couldn't find a good place to uh, uh, house us because he wants you guys to go on Friday uh, during the day to either the Ark or the Creation Museum. So the uh, for discounted Creation Museums, uh, you can contact Tickets. Bob Bobby Lee, and the number is down there. Um, and this is all on resistancechicks.com, all of the information that you so need this for this. So this is going to be uh, Friday, February 24th, in the, all day, basically. But you're going to be um, – it's about an hour and a half away, both the Ark and um, the Creation Museum, about an hour and a half away from the church. So you're going to go there, grab some dinner, and then meet in um, a house of restoration in Milford, Ohio, right outside of Cincinnati from 6 to 9. And then the next day, it's going to be an all-day event. Uh, I think it's, what, 45 bucks, And um, you're not going to want to miss this. It's going to be fantastic. Now, that, that, that $45 does not include the Creation Museum and the Art. No, that's no, that's just, you got to do that on yeah. your own. But, however, you can go to CoachDaveLive.com forward slash event that's coachdavelive.com forward slash event but also um patriot gallery so kindly put everything up on resistancechicks.com all the different things that we have going in um on resistancechicks.com so you guys can check all of that out and i need to add that to kind of an events page i haven't done that yet so i will try to do that probably not today or tomorrow because we're really busy but so, i'll try to do that soon last but not least 
There are several ways you can help support Resistance Chicks uh, on our website. We've got Venmo, PayPal, Gab has a Gab Pay. Gab Pay Live. Um, we do things throughout the year. We do revivals. We last year we did a lot of stuff and got you guys helped us fund um, a candidate prayer event and a, and and just so many 100% wonderful things. One hundred percent of donations and um, anything that comes in from the promo codes goes back into resistance chicks Mostly. it does not it doesn't no it's 100 percent at this point last year was really expensive we're at 100 percent. trust me we're okay. in negative we're funding resistance chicks right now lee and i are funding resistance chicks right now as of today for our taxes that are getting rid off they're going to probably uh not like us because we're going to have operated at a loss okay however i just want you guys to know that we we don't do resistance chicks for money Anytime that we do a promo code or we tell you about so what supporting you're doing Mike is Lindell, you're helping to maybe rent a hall or uh, purchase food for people, um, or even our hotels or hotels our, and you know, cars and to, when like we that. do traveling and the equipment and all of the costs that it, all of that stuff, right? You guys get it. It's not free to do resistance chicks, but it's free for you guys, right? It's not free for us. It's free for you guys. And so I just want you guys to, we, if we ever get to the place where it's beyond resistance chicks, I I, I will take the money. I'll take the money and run. Yeah, run but we're baby. just not there right now. Take and it's not money, why we horse. do it. For seven years, that's never been why we do it. And we've always put 100% of the, the stuff that you it guys just so happens back, that we're back like, into resistance well, chicks. we could do this. Okay, there it goes. There it and, goes and the it's money. just God and God provides. Exactly. And you guys last year provided a lot. You okay, did. So don't get me wrong. We did a lot because you gave a lot. Amen. And it was awesome. It's really good. Okay. So just know that. But if you'd like to do it the kind of the old fashioned way where there's, you're, you're getting a product and, and you, and, and then we get a kickback, then you can do my pillow, obviously with Mike Lindell. Our promo, promo code there is RC. RC. And that is awesome. We've got Brideon, obviously, if you use promo code chicks. So we've got a couple promo codes. It can be confusing, but it's all in the description of the videos. And um, the Brideon, because Mike Adams, we love him, and we wouldn't have a voice, a big, as big voice, as big a voice as we do without Mike Adams. And we're going to see him next Friday. In we're going to do an interview in, in studio, studio in, in Kentucky. Texas. I mean, in Texas. Very excited about that. And then, last but not least, this is this is um, this is a product we uh, product line, and we always keep this one down here. We've got another one upstairs. Uh, OBE, which is Organic Body Essentials. There is a wonderful Christian woman who works with His Glory, Vicky Natale. Vicky Natale, and she's anointed. She's filled with the Holy Spirit, and she wanted natural facial facial products that were good for you. And she prayed over these things, and she put she puts like holy oils in here, and they're organic. She Calendula, seeks out like the best. Frankincense, highly Christian, and so. This like flawless free serum is it goes a long way. It, it gets rid time. of the crow's feet, and you put them right. You put legit. It right here. I have watched it get rid of my crow's feet, and I've been putting it up here, and so it's been great. She's got um, a facial scrub, and for those of you men, you need it too for your face. But she's got another line of CBD oils that you take internally or use topically, or use topically for pain, and they're really great for arthritis and. While her products are expensive, it's true. Part goes to his glory, part goes to us, and they are comparable to top of the line products like Estee Lauder. Well, but you or get whatever. a you get a discount if you use promo code RC. I think yes. it's five percent. Mm -hmm. um, and when you say they're expensive and all this stuff goes to his glory and Vicky and all this that and the other, 
these are top quality products. Like they're worth every penny that you're spending on them. Right. It's just not everybody can afford them because yeah. they're a higher quality product. Right. Right. Not everybody can afford the higher quality, you know, clothing or or whatever. So we want to be very clear Some about that. Us, it's a hundred percent. We go to Goodwill. Go to secondhand stores and even Goodwill charges too much. They do. They absolutely do. But I'm telling you what, I have been using the CBD tincture for my hip and it is amazing. I mean, just absolutely phenomenal. Amazing. I have an injury from gymnastics from years ago and, uh, and I just, it is, it's transformed my life. So I'm very, very grateful for her products. And not only that, but just youth on my face. We're not going to tell y'all how old we are because people get disappointed, but it's, you know, because of stuff like this that y'all don't know. Nobody knows nothing. We ain't got to tell you. All right. We love you guys. God loves you. God bless. Remember, it's not just a conspiracy theory. If it's actually the truth, and we will see you next time on Resistance Chicks for our world news program. It's our biggest show that we do. It's the most viewed and everyone loves it the best. You're not going to get world news like what you get from Resistance Chicks That's unless you tune, tune in on Sunday, 1.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. All right, you guys. God bless. And we will see you tomorrow night, actually. And says, I've been using it. Is, is that the stuff you used on your couple of brown spots? Yes, this is the stuff that I used on the on the spots on my face, and it completely got rid of them. Just completely got rid of them. The fall, the flawless face serum. Um, so she said she's been using it on her knee. All right, you guys. She said about it, it stopped uh, hurting. I I have not even been using, but the pain is gone, and I I was able to stop using knee. it too. You don't have to continue to use it. It's amazing. It's like a curative. I don't want to say that because I get in trouble, and you know they'll haul me off in jail. But um, it is, it's really an amazing product. So all of her products are, I love them all. Right now they're running a special. I think if you spend $30 on products, you get, a, you get to choose from a, a free lip balm. And you can do that as many times as you spend 30 bucks. So if you spend 60 oh, bucks, you get two lip balms. lip balms are great. I love them. They're your, what did you say the other day about them? Uh, they're better than the ones I made. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so tomorrow night, where are you going to be? You're going to drive to Dayton, Ohio to Harvest Revival Center. So their website is harvestrevival.center for our revival. It's going to change your life. And I am very much looking forward to hearing the testimonies out of it. All right, guys, we love you. God bless. I was called.